This week in PlayStation, we're talking about PlayStation announcing a lot of TV and film projects, PS5 is getting more expensive, and what's next for The Last of Us? We'll have all this and more because this is PS I Love You XOXO. Yo, what's up? Welcome to PS I Love You XOXO. I'm Blessing Adelia Jr. I'm joined by Sancho West. Barrett's on the ones and twos. Remember, this is your PlayStation podcast. Each and every week, we join you to talk about the hottest topics in PlayStation. If you like that, you can watch it live right here as we record on patreon.com slash games, or you can watch it on Friday when it posts for everyone on youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel thank you to our patreon producers fargo brady delaney twining james hastings and casey andrew today we're brought to you by meundies but let's start with a psn message from you uh before we actually get into it sancho welcome to the show oh man this has always been my playstation podcast i absolutely love it i love the work that you Janet, Blessing, and Greg, dude, you guys are awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. When Greg hit me up, I was like, I got to do this. You're t- we talking about Last of Us? I'm in. Dude, I legitimately, I uh, when Greg said he was going to be out, he, was, he hit me up. He was like, hey, you know, I'm going to be out this week. Janet's going to be out this week because she's doing some fun stuff with Min Max. Who do you want for the show? And I looked at the calendar, and I was like, all right, what's going to be going on in the world of PlayStation around this time? Mm. And the, the, the thing I saw is that Last of Us is coming out next week, right? And we're going to be reviewing it next week. Uh, the embargo is out there. You know, we're playing it. We're doing all, all, all that good stuff. Right. And I was like, well, we should do a Last of Us episode. Like, a Last mm. of Us episode would make sense, right? Especially to talk about maybe the future of The Last of Us. Where is Last of Us going to go? And as soon as I had that idea, I was like, oh, you, you need to get me Sancho West. Because Sancho West is like my brother in arms when it comes to Last of Us, and specifically with Last of Us Factions. Yes. You know, we've had really good episodes. We had a Gamescast actually talking about Last of Us Factions. I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of the same conversation here. But I'm like, dude, if I'm going to talk about Last of Us and Factions and all the all, all of the future of The Last of Us, I got to have Sancho West on. I appreciate that blessing. I mean, for those people that don't know, I basically talk about Last of Us Factions any moment I can. It's something that I hold true and dear to my heart. And at the same time, I do have a lot of Naughty Dog ties. I did host a couple of things on their Twitch channel. I did work with them when it comes to like announcing E3 things on their Twitch channel. So, you know, Naughty Dog and I go way back. Blessing, I don't know if you know this, brother, but I am still in Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4, I'm still in it. How? My video, what? my video still plays every time you boot up Uncharted 4 multiplayer. That's me. Wow, that's awesome! Oh, I didn't I thought, know that. I thought you meant like you were still playing Uncharted 4 multiplayer. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no! I'm still in it, and at the same time, Wait, so I, what do you mean your video is in it? Is it? Are you okay. in the tutorial? Like what? What is happening? So when you boot up Uncharted 4 multiplayer, back in the day they had Uncharted TV and the Uncharted Three Days. They brought it back Uncharted 4. But because of the way things are, I can't get real too into the technical side of things. My video is still there. And because they haven't updated or patched it, this video has been there for four years. And every time you play Uncharted TV, it's there. And it's a top 10 place. Look, Naughty Dog, if you want to take it down, that's cool. But I appreciate the love. I appreciate being immortalized in Uncharted multiplayer because I love that game as well. Because you're the best Naughty Dog multiplayer company, I think, out there. Underrated multiplayer company. But yes, Blessing, I'm still in the game. (laughs) 
That's wild. It's I didn't wild. realize that you were you were this deeply ingrained in the the Naughty Dog cinematic universe. Yep. I didn't realize you were actually part of it. So that, that yep. actually makes you more perfect for this episode <laughs> of the show. But before we get into an even more Naughty Dog conversation, because that's going to be our entire topic of the show. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is. I want to pull in a PSN message from I I need money underscore beats. He writes in a Patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can. It says. What are the top three PlayStation exclusive worlds that you would not like to randomly wake up in as yourself? Top three PlayStation exclusive worlds that you would not want to randomly wake up in as yourself. Sancho West. I mean, I would definitely, at the time, I would have said Spider-Man, right? I, who wants to wake up in that kind of world? All of a sudden, you're hanging out and going to the Daily Bugle, maybe getting yourself a cup of joe, and then all of a sudden, the rhinoceros comes out of rhino. But it's on PC, but I digress. I, of course, the easy one would be Last of Us, uh, would be the one, Blair Bussing, right there. Mm-hmm. Last of Us, I don't, it, it, I mean, it is ironic, right, that all of a sudden we experience a pandemic, thankfully not as intense as The Last of Us, Corchisep virus, but at the same time, would not want to be a part of that, considering that at a moment's notice you could be not only eaten by a clicker or whatever a runner, but stumble upon someone like Billstown. And that is a town in itself that I don't want to stumble across. But that's the easy answer. So let me think about it a bit. Well, but blessing, what about yourself? On that note, right? You bring up Last of Us, which is the first thing that came to mind for me as well. But it's an easy answer. The, Sony has quite a few post apocalyptic universes that I think are really fitting for this question. Because for you, Sancho, would you rather not wake up in the Last of Us universe or Death Stranding universe? You, you see, Death Stranding, at least there's technology. You know what I mean? You got the cool tech. You stay inside. Yeah, you could stay inside. There's holograms. You could have all the energy drinks out there. You know, Conan O'Brien's still around. You know, Jeff Keeley's still around. Like, who would not want to be a part of that universe? And at the same time, you have these beautiful, lush, like uh, Lord of the Rings esque landscapes of uh, to go around. And you got this cool. But you're not walking those though, right? You're not. You're not going to risk the time I, fall, the I rain mean, touching your skin, fastly aging you. Spoilers. This is true, but I do enjoy the exoskeleton technology. I think that in itself is rad. I mean, in The Last of Us, you're literally scrambling for every single thing, and of course, in The Last of Us, man is the most dangerous enemy out there. I don't want to be someone's food blessing. That's not okay. My vibe. Well, then, what about Last of Us universe versus Days Gone universe? Oh, you, I, you know what? There's always a theory that they kind of share the same thing. I really believe mm-hmm. they're really interconnected, and we'll definitely get into that when we talk about what was just recently announced. But the thing about Days Gone is that it's much more, I would say, Mad Maxi, right? You have these, like, these huge camps of people. But I think the most scariest thing in Days Gone is zombie animals. We didn't really get into that much. When we got into, I remember the rumor that Last of Us Part Two would have zombified animals or corticept animals that would be attacking mm-hmm. you, but we we didn't get into that. It was a tease. I remember seeing like a big scratch on the on the walls, and everyone was like, "Oh, there's going to be corticept bears out there." But it looks like Days Gone took that ticket. Yeah. Okay. Then in that case, right, going on with that same note, right, the post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. Sony universe is Last of Us universe versus Horizon Zero Dawn. Which one are you trying <laughs> to live in? Jeez, you're really putting me on the brakes here, yeah, man. Okay, look. I'm not athletic. I don't think I could cast up the, you know, those big old giraffe looking robotic structures. And at the same time, dude, I am I am not a tribal person, dude. I'm not going to share anything that I find. I'm a hoarder, dude. So 
I'm more, I would fit more into the Last of Us world. I'd be like, Sancho's Town would be really? a place you do not want to cross Sancho's Town would be sick. That's right. Sancho's I, Town would be sick. It's just, at least there's like community in like, at, at least like a, like civilization is like kind of persevered in Horizon's sure. world, right? Like you still have towns. Sure. Like, and if you're just waking up as like a, a random dude, you're not like uh, waking up as a, but it's like me Aloy. though. Yeah, it's, it's just you. me. And it's like, you're, you're not the one like going on <laughs> Aloy's journey. You're just going to like go off and like live in a at a moment someone barrett tells me go collect berries i'm like nah man i'm good i'm good i'm just mm. i'm gonna see be i i would probably i'll probably go horizon right for okay. a universe that i prefer to live in uh, for me if i had to like rank sony universes in terms of the most deadly last of us is up there i would probably i'd probably prefer last of us over days gone because the kind of zombies you know the fast running gigantic pack of zombies i'm i'm just fucked you know i don't want to live in that universe at okay. least in the last of us you have the town uh is it jackson that they start off in yeah. the last of us part two Tom, yeah, Town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um yeah. at, at least there you have well you, like you have walls you have community you have electricity that they figured out in those mm -hmm, games right mm -hmm. like at least you have that community to protect you and it is a scary world right and that's one of the ones where it's like man is the big fear right you don't want to fuck with other people as we learned in the last of us part two um but i'd feel like i'd have a better chance there in a community as opposed to the days gone world and then horizon you know horizon is a game filled with communities right and like, right i i'm gonna be roughing it i am not that kind of person either i am not that survival well, dude but yeah. i think i could survive in horizon easier than i have either i last have, of us I have the whole thing here it is last of us wins because PlayStation Vita is still around. There it is, baby! That mm. universe still exists. You still got <laughs> video games, man. It is the ultimate determining factor which world has video games. Last of Us does. Death Stranding, that universe definitely has some video games. I, I forget what references. They got like Half-Life shit in there. So yeah, they got yeah, some yeah, PC yeah. gamers. And they got the fucking long nets from uh, Horizon. Like That's They got true. video games in that world too. But I'm not living in Death Stranding world. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm putting that maybe alongside Days Gone of like, I'm not fucking with this shit um you do have the inside right you can be a homebody but mm -hmm. they've in that game you got what troy baker being a terrorist <laughs> like yeah. you know drowning these cities in the fucking Yo, wait. brown goop i'm not i'm good on that it just hit me returnal i would not want to live in that world no oh, that's a space that's just that's yeah, just but our no world, like, but like it, a different but, and the, the argument is no like way. returnal it's like is that really just happening in her side her mind you know it's like, true mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I don't know returnal and i think of infamous as well super people running around like that's another world maybe i don't want to live in because you know npcs have a bad time in all video games no matter what and we all know that we would be an npc in said universe i've always yeah. had this question like i would love to live in nintendo land that sounds great but i don't know dude would i be a goomba i don't want to live in that world if i'm a goomba i love how you immediately resign as you're going to be an npc you don't even think of it, think of yourself as the main character no that's why i play video games blessing <laughs> to experience Honestly, the main character adventure that now that you make that point of yeah you're going to be an npc i do not want to be in spider-man's new york spider-man's that's new york what i said the bottom of the list yeah you're Absolutely. right like Shit goes goes down in Spider-Man's New York. It, you want me to fuck fast. around with Doc Ock and Rhino and, and fucking fast. Green yeah. Goblin, even though I know he's not been introduced yet. But and, and, and live chats also point like uh, God of War. Like, would you want to live in God of War? Is this a random NPC? Because at one point, no. if you're talking about the original God of War games, you're oh, just yeah, like you're bad. just like a dude kind of like walking around, and then Kratos kills you for a puzzle. You know, like yeah. <laughs> that mm. sucks. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're, well, yeah. but you know, Heavily Sword has that kind of vibe too, but it's less less aggressive. You know, Heavily Sword mm. was one of those ones that it's, it just shows you how vast and great these franchises are. I think I would love to live in Sly Cooper's world if you want to have that. That seems like a fun, cool world to be in. I can live in Ratchet and Clank's world. I think. Yeah. 
yeah. on like one of them nice planets. If, if the planet mm -hmm. has Doctor Nefarious on there, keep me away from that planet. But any of the other more basic planets in Ratchet's world, I think, would be a fun time. They got cool, te cool technology there. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't want to live in Saints Row though. No, no, they're just glitching all over the place. Oh my god, <laughs> just fucking no clip into a wall. No, I'm good. <laughs> Sancho, it is time. Let's get it's into time. the topic of the show. What is next for The Last of Us? I asked this question because, of course, Last of Us Part 1 is coming out in a week. That is going to be the remake to the original Last of Us game. Like I mentioned earlier, we're reviewing it. We're playing it. We're going to talk about it on next week's Gamescast, if I had to guess correctly. I, I'm not checked up on Tim, but the way these things usually go, we review on Gamescast. And PS Love You, I'm sure we'll do like a follow-up episode of like all your questions answered or something like that on PS Love You next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but with that coming up, one, I think we're all starting to get inflicted with Last of Us Fever. Right, all the cordyceps mm -hmm. are growing on our arms and legs. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. then also, Last Was Factions is coming out sometime soon. Right, we're gonna get a lot of info on that next year, according to Neil Druckmann. We've been talking a lot about the Last Was TV show that HBO is working on. We got the trailer for that recently. Um, and then I think there was the question of what else is Naughty Dog working on? Right, are they working mm -hmm. on a new IP? Are they working on whatever the next mainline single-player Last Was game is? There are so many questions up in the air about the Last of Us and. I want to talk about it because I think it's a fun topic. Uh, mm -hmm. So to start this off, Sancho, what is your history with The Last of Us? So it, I have a very unique history because in my roots, in my blood as a gamer is multiplayer. And so when I, I which is so interesting to me, because when The Last of Us came out, I immediately saw the multiplayer mode and I jumped into it. Like my first attraction to it was from a multiplayer leak. Like I remember watching it. Surprise, <laughs> Naughty Dog has leaks everywhere. But there was a leak for the multiplayer mode factions, and I jumped in. I was like, this looks cool. I love the Uncharted multiplayer. This is going to be my jam. And so I first day, booted into multiplayer, and I grinded that for like weeks and weeks, and I started making content for it on YouTube. And then I jumped into the single player, played it once, and I was good. Like, I'm good. Like, I thought the story was fantastic. And yes, look at that factions. Anyway. Um, and, and then after that, I went to Naughty Dog and was like, hey, you guys have a great multiplayer. Let's stream it. Let's uh, let me interview devs. And for a couple of hours, call the gaming with the dogs is interview the devs. And then we'll play factions in the background for any of the ones good meaning. Um, that is my vast history as a content creator and as a game player uh, with a, as a player is with Last of Us factions more so than the single player, because I think the single player story for the original Last of Us. Are we talking about part one and two or just part one right now? Part one and two. Okay, part one and two. So part one, I played it and and I loved the story and I and I and then I played factions. And I grinded that. But then when the Last of Us two part uh, part two came along, um, as a multiplayer player, they announced supremely early that they're not going to have factions, and so that kind of took the factions community by surprise, considering that we we thought we would be a part of it. And then they put that statement out to saying that we are going to make a multiplayer. And so it was dormant. So I focused on the mo uh, the story in itself. And I, I that kind of story is a much more brutal experience. And as someone that, you know, uh, used to study acting and theater and things of that sort, it is such a, no pun intended, blessing to be able to experience such a visceral story from a safe place as your home when you're playing video games mm -hmm. and be able to immerse yourself in a world uh, so so daunting and so scary as the last of us and at the same time naughty dog being the i like to call them video game magicians they are able to do so much stuff in tech with the limited hardware and that's what's so interesting to me as i am wrapping up this question about what's my history with it 
is that what's daunting and interesting to me is that The Last of Us, for the first time, has, has the technology to do awesome stuff. And I feel like, I don't know if I'm wrong, Blessing, but I feel like the beat of the internet is they're not as interested in it as their, their technical, like all this new uh, building rebuild of The Last of Us Part 1. It's not as, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't mm. feel like Naughty Dog would have expected the community to be not as hyped for it as as much. Does that make sense? So I know you guys talked about this before, but that's how I feel right now. Ray Briggs writes into patreon.com slash California games, just like you can. It says, is the writing on the wall for the last of us part one remake? Mm. Maybe it's just the general negativity Twitter brings to everything, but I feel like gamers and outlets are just waiting to rip this game apart for not doing enough to justify $70, regardless of what it changes, uh, regardless of what changes it actually makes. Do you feel like the writing's on the wall for last of us part, part one? Do you think people are generally down on it? That's the thing I'm getting at. I mean, it, it, they have already remastered it. They're, now it's a rebuild. They're doing a lot of social media posts explaining why it's worth its money, explaining how the tech. I mean, they even posted about the the adaptive triggers and the water gun. And that. it's just such a it, I don't know, man. It just feels like the thing about Naughty Dog is that they feel very artisan when it comes to video games. Right. Mm. They feel like they're, they're like that restaurant that doesn't have a sign on the building. It doesn't do commercials. It doesn't advertise. It doesn't do specials. It doesn't do any of that because it doesn't need it. It's word of mouth. You understand that. Like this, this game's going to be amazing you're going to play it but I, I think with today's internet is like it's kind of changed because the reason why i feel like naughty dog has to talk about its rebuild and technology and things of that sort because i feel what puts what really puts it behind the eight ball blessing is that the internet is changed social media has changed in a sense that even social platforms you can't really you can't really talk about violence in the video game. You can't talk about how gory it is. You can't talk about how, you know, it, it, intense it is with the, the violence and the things like that. So I feel like Naughty Dog has to pivot in some way to be able to talk about its game without really getting into the, the, the social platform suppression when it comes to talking about gratuitous gore violence. You can't, you can't, you know what I mean? Mm. You, they can't really lean into that anymore. Uh, I mean, it just shows us even Game of Thrones, like the latest one, they they don't have that much gratuitous violence as the original Game of Thrones because they're understanding that audiences are not all about that anymore. Yeah, I think you touch on something with the artesian na uh, nature of Naughty Dog, where I do think that as they announced Last of Us Part 1, they, they were like, hey... It's Last of Us, but with PS5 technology, with the graphics, the Last of Us Part 2, right? It's going to look better. It's going to run better. All these things. I think they were thinking that they were going to announce that, and everybody, everybody was going to go, oh, snap, here we go. Last of Us again. Like, I think they thought that they were going to get a bigger, better response than what right. they got. And I think that speaks to kind of a disconnect but uh, between... Naughty Dog as a studio, PlayStation as a company, and what they got going on, especially with the uh, games going up to $70, versus where the audience is at uh, with how we perceive remakes and remasters and mm -hmm. all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Last of Us is a game that I would have said, this doesn't need a remaster. This doesn't, or not a remake. This doesn't need a remake, right? Like, a game came out originally in 2013, got a remaster again on uh, PS4. Like, I can go back to Last of Us Remastered and have a good time. Right, yeah. that game is still is still a banger. That that game is still great, mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people feel that. Right, I think that is a general sentiment of, well, why do this when all, also this game I'm pretty sure is on the PS Plus collection, right? Like, yes. Do I really need uh, Naughty Dog to put one of these out and then charge seventy dollars for it? Especially like, let alone the conversation about multiplayer and how the multiplayer is not going to be in Last of Us Part One, and so like 
what does that do for value, right? When the original game was $60, also, what does that do for value, right? I think you start to nitpick all these different things in terms of the content of the package that might not live up to the content that you would expect from that kind of package that uh, would end up uh, with audiences kind of feeling like they're being nickeled and dimed a bit. And for Naughty Dog, I think the thing is, hey, we're putting in work into this, right? We're remaking it from the ground up. If you look at the comparison shots from Digital Foundry and other websites, when you look at scenes from Last of Us Remastered versus Last of Us Part 1, it's like, no, this is a remake. This is from the the the, the ground up, right? right? Like the scenes may look the same. Everything may may be one for one or whatever, but like this is polished, right? Like certain textures, certain assets seem to be uh replaced. Like this looks like a current gen video game. And so I think there's a certain sense of, hey, we're Naughty Dog and we're putting $70 worth of work into this, but then also a big part of the purpose of this uh, remake is going to be for it to speak to people that are coming into the last list for the first time, either Mm -hmm. because maybe they didn't own a PS3 or maybe they skipped the PS4 generation. Uh, Maybe they played for some reason, they played the last list part one. and didn't actually get into part two. Or I think the biggest one being last was TV shows coming out on HBO. That's going to expose a, uh, a great audience audience into the game, right? So many people are going to be exposed to last was IP through that HBO show cool, let's have something that they can readily jump into by the time they watch that. Um, that'll expose them to the world of The Last of Us. And, you know, is $70 too much for that? Probably, you know, from the consumer perspective. Uh, but I think for the, the PlayStation perspective, they're seeing it as a whole new launch for, um, quote unquote, Last of Us Part 1. Right. Uh, and so I think that's where it comes down. I don't think yeah. the writing's on the wall necessarily. I think it's Last of Us. It's going to sell. People are going to play it. You know, like, I... The Last of Us IP, I think, is too quality and too popular at this point to have anything really be the writing on the wall. Even Last of Us Part Two came out, and a lot of people didn't like Last of Us Part Two because of story things, right? But, like, I'm sure one day Sony maybe puts out, or Naughty Dog maybe puts out Last of Us Part Three, and it'll probably still saying, uh, sell gangbusters because it's Naughty Dog against The Last of Us. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I when I com- we, there's always that comparison blessing between Naughty Dog and Rockstar. They could literally do anything. They could show up at the last minute. They could show concept art. They could show a title, and the, the internet will will explode with the excitement of it. But I think it's so much so. What's interesting is like Rockstar understands that rather than making this huge thing of like, for example, Rockstar doesn't make a huge thing about remaking anything online or anything. They kind of just let it happen. They let their updates happen and, and they let it go, right? And it's affordable. I mean, you're the GTA guy. You know how like affordable GTA Five is, and even though it's mm-hmm. so old. And I feel like GTA feels very consumer friendly in that aspect compared to the difference of the Naughty Dog saying like this is a $70 game. We built this on the ground up. But that's the thing about Naughty Dog. That's why I say they're magicians because it never really was about graphics for them. They always got the juice out of the PlayStation 3. They literally got one of the best looking games of that generation. The last almost the last like stanza almost of that console yeah. because they 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 are slick with it they understand how to use I mean, it they've done that multiple generations and multiple in a row generations now. multiple yeah, between, and then, test, between last was one on ps3 and then last is part exactly two on ps4 exactly and then now they're here with all the power and there's like saying look at how great this game is but when we all know that playstation and out of the gamers of playstation if we wanted something graphic intensive and all those kinds of things we just go play a pc game right and this mm-hmm. might come out on pc as well but the, the the whole the whole the whole wait it is coming on pc right last of us 
part one. Later, no, I don't think one. they've announced it. Or have they, they, they announced it for I, later? I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, it doesn't have it like a date yet, but they've it confirmed does. that they're working on a PC version. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so that's the thing. It 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 just feels like, like we. I agree. Definitely misstep uh, onto when they announce it. I think the good news is though, blessing, because it's not all humdrum. It's not all about writing on the wall type beat. I think the best thing about it is that Naughty Dog has changed the culture inside the most, and I think that's great. They have multiple teams now working on multiple projects to go back to what is Naughty Dog does next. They have a better culture in terms of crunch and things like that. So many people are talking about that this is the first game that they haven't relied on crunch and things of that sort. So that's good to hear that Naughty Dog internally is healthy so they could definitely kind of make their next project, which is one of them is that Last of Us standalone multiplayer in a healthy manner. I, I just mm-hmm. feel that, you know, the, the pandemic has thrown so many wrenches into a lot of developers minds that i i feel that if this game came out a year earlier like when playstation 5 was kind of new i think or it would, this is like a launch title i guess th- that's what i'm saying the conversation i think being different i think it'd be a lot different but now that we're you know playstation 5 has been out for a while we're starving for like some like something like exciting to talk about when it comes to uh, the PlayStation Five console with exclusivity, and for the Last of Us to be that thing again, it's a good food. It's delicious. I love it. It's made by one of the best in the world. But mm. at the same time, it's, it's like Ramsey right here. Yes, right. It's some it's some, <laughs> it's some fire right here. But at, at the same time, I think I think it, it has the hugest hurdle up against it, and I think it's going in. It, it already started off with the wrong foot, and I think people. Once you get that, it reminds me like the whole time we were talking about blessing. It just reminds me of the Spider Man and the puddles thing. The internet just loves focusing on some random or stuff. Even, I mean, honestly, what even more so reminds me of speaking Spider Man would be uh, the Spider Man remastered situation when Spider Man Miles Morales came out, and you would have to pay for like uh, the deluxe edition. I think it was, what seventy dollars or something like that to mm-hmm. get remastered bundled in uh, for Spider Man twenty eighteen, and you wouldn't be able to buy that separately. And I'm sure there was a large group of people that were well, just like. Well, yeah. let me buy Spider-Man Remastered. Um, I, it, it's that weird new PlayStation thing of, hey, yes. we're in the PS5 era. We're trying to be fucking, you know, artisan. And we're trying to also, uh, like, uh, we're, we're trying to get that money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're spending money on this shit. Dude, and we're trying to get all the money we can. So it feels like nickeling and diming a lot, a, a, a lot of the time. One of the things I want to point out is Naughty Dog does, does I, I have to, I love them. And they have my utmost respect as always my my whole career would not be here without them but they do weird things like that like for example mm-hmm. to, in order to play the uncharted 4 beta you would have to buy the uncharted collection which was like 30 plus 40 dollars at the time to be able to have access to the beta at first so there was like things like that it was like the multiplayer community was like sure i want to play uncharted for multiplayer i love it but you have to buy to get in you would have to get the collection at first so that was like well I, me i'm like i don't care 30 bucks pff, take my money right I, that's that's this is me yeah. That they're uh, going for, and at the same time, um, Last of Us Factions is PlayStation Three. It's mad old, but that you could still, uh, you could still, you could still buy stuff for it. I mean, at most, it, it literally that game should everything should be unlocked for it. They should have everything good to go. Versus um, having to pay for a cosmetics, and maybe that keeps the lights on for those servers. But mm-hmm. for example, if you wanted to buy a samurai helmet for the Last of Us Factions, you would have to buy a pack that's like. At the time, like twenty plus or thirty dollars to be able to buy the samurai helmet. So it's like stuff like that that's weird. And there's stuff that they still do that's old school that I think that they definitely need to take a look at themselves and figure out new ways to present 
their greatness, right? Their their artistry. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I think I I think we'll get into that a bit with Last of Us multiplayer, right? Yeah. I want to bring in some questions for the audience because, sure. of course, uh, before the show, I reached out to the audience. I said, "Hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about what's next for the Last of Us. Write in with your questions. Write in with your comments. Write in with your thoughts." Uh, I want to start off with Pickle Joystick, who writes in and says, "Great name. What's ne- a great name actually? Great name. Uh, what's next for the Last of Us? Personally, I would like to see Naughty Dog take a break from the Last of Us after the new multiplayer game and maybe work on a new IP." When they do come back to the franchise, uh, I would want a completely new setting slash characters uh, to see how the outbreak affected different areas. Mm. Now, there's multiple things I think to 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 take note in here, right? Like mm-hmm. um, we all know the last last was multiplayer uh, project is the next thing coming out of uh, Naughty Dog. Uh, you're talking about value, and you're talking about uh, you know last part one being seventy dollars, right? Like what is next for Naughty Dog in terms of, you know, price, that premium, that premium nature that they, that they have as a studio, right? Let alone mm-hmm. PlayStation as a publisher. Uh, I'm of the mind that Last of Us Factions, if you want that shit to pop, I think that shit might have to be free to play. Like, I don't know if you can charge 30, 60, $70 for a multiplayer project uh, and have it be this ongoing thing that you're continually adding updates to that is going to survive over time, right? I think mm. you got to get that on, um, maybe a battle pass, maybe cosmetics, maybe both, right? And and ride that wave. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Free to play is the only way multiplayers they have a good shot of succeeding. The only thing that Last of Us multiplayer has is there's a like hordes of faction fans that are waiting for something, itching for something. There's going to be a division between the faction fans that is not going to be the standard arena type factions of um, supply raid and things of that sort. But I agree, you need to have a free-to-play to be able to keep up with today's model of multiplayers. Yeah. Even if you think about it, Blessing, even like EA Originals of Rocket Arena, 15 bucks, no thank you, right? It, that was one of the really great multiplayer experience. No thank you. Knockout City, $10, no thank you, right? It, it's just something to be able to get into. Uh, it's like the Trojan horse to be able to introduce people like, hey, this is the game. It, it's a great way to market your game. Um and, and at the same time, that's why Warzone is free to play. Call of Duty had Blackout. You needed to buy the game to be able to play Blackout. When I first started streaming it, people were asking me, is this free to play because of Fortnite? Is this free to play? No, it's not free to play. It's a $60 game. Do you have to be able to yeah. play it? So Every not, big multiplayer project is going it, free to play. It, it just makes so much sense. And I think like if you think about the acquisitions that they were able to pick up Bungie, I think Bungie would be able to help. Yeah, um, Destiny no, too, free yeah. to play to be able to help naughty dog do that because naughty dog is historically fantastic making the multiplayer in terms of longevity with the the way that their system was structured before the studio where they would pull people off of projects to help with the big game now they have multiple teams especially the ones working on the last of us there's some fantastic people working on this multiplayer standalone to answer pickle joysticks question i don't think you're going to get a completely new set or characters that happening in different effective areas because that is what the multiplayer experience will be my my gut tells mm-hmm. me is they want you to experience the last of us world to go back to the initial question to be a part of this last of us universe as this character in a in a setting is it battle royale don't know is it a looter uh escape from tarkov type but the whole goal for them i think blessing and i've always talked about this is that if a studio could figure out how to do a narrative multiplayer experience that leans a narrative and immersive gameplay they will figure out the next frontier when it comes to um, an experience for gamers that i think it's it's going to be like 
you don't need to be an uh like um a sweat or an fps all-star to probably play this game i think you just need to be smart tactical tactical you know have tactics yeah. and underst understand the game mechanics a little bit to be able to be successful and i think that's what naughty dog is going for they want a game that is that is kind of attainable to play you want a game that is yeah that's going to speak to the audience that you already have right, right i don't think they want audience they don't want to cut off the last of us audience because their game is too difficult or too tactical or too unapproachable for people to get into right and like there's a lot to dig in dig into here right i think speaking from the free-to-play thing um one wrench in this that i think could be fascinating is ps plus extra with how ps plus yep. has expanded yeah i wonder because for PlayStation, it's so hard to imagine like a PlayStation free to play game like, for a company that is so much about getting their money and so much about that premium. Like, hey, you're paying for this because we're giving you giving you the quality for it. Um, I could see a Last of Us uh, factions being a hey, PlayStation Plus Extra is how you get into it, right? Or you pay thirty dollars or something like that, right? But like PlayStation Plus Extra is how they push. Uh, how they really push access to this game. Uh, I think that could be a, a very possible thing, and I think that could be like a standard. PlayStation's way of having their cake and eating it too compared to Game Pass, where Game Pass is every first party Xbox game is showing up on the service. PlayStation's not going to do that because you're going to pay $70 for God of War Ragnarok. But if it is, hey, you know, um, Last of Factions is going to be on there and Ghost of Tsushima Legends 2 is going to be on there and like Haven Studios' next multiplayer game is going to be on there. If they can create this, um, uh, I guess, class of multiplayer, uh, multiplayer suite. That yeah. is, hey, it's kind of like a subscription service for multiplayer games, but but it is every PlayStation multiplayer thing they're working on first party. I could possibly see, I could possibly see them doing that. And especially it breaks, with, with it does, it, it breaks my heart a little bit too, San, uh, Sancho. But like, especially thinking where PlayStation's at now, like they both kind of feed each other in the longevity of like how long someone's gonna subscribe to PS Plus. Um, if there yeah. is more incentive to have like a living, breathing game, uh, like The Last of Us Faction's uh, new multiplayer stuff, right? And then it's like, then they're more encouraged to, you know, support that longer than they might have originally if there is more of like a uh yeah. like the traditional so, sense where there's like more of a buy-in to the game so and I, I, I think I, that's probably going to be the the medium that we see uh playstation go with for, for and the I, multiplayer stuff i can also see it too because ps plus um essential is already needed to play multiplayer stuff right yeah and so it's like well you're gonna need this to play the game is, anyway. is that needed for fortnite though not no. for Fortnite. For, so for okay. free to play stuff, no. Okay. Um, but I can see the argument of like, hey, you're subscribed to this to do multiplayer, uh, to play multiplayer games. Just you know, bump that subscription up one level, just one level, one level for access to these games. <sighs> I think PlayStation would do that. I, I the thing about it, the reason why I said it's heartbreaking is because it's like, I've always said the multiplayer studio, the the guys, the devs that work on this game, and and, and all of them, all of them, uh, the dogs, so to speak. They're really good, man, for doing. They did so much with so little when it comes to what they have. They have to borrow assets. They got to borrow a developer to help them out with their art and things of that sort. That why put another, not I guess, an obstacle in their way from yeah. them from experiencing this, man. Like like Vinith, the one of the guys that's leading this project for the Last of Multiplayer. That dude eats, sleeps, breathes multiplayers for like all different genres and everything this guy has collections of retro games i've been to this man's house this guy is awesome and i i want their art just to be like you know don't don't put it behind some paywall put it like in a museum you know let let people see the world multiplayer i mean we always talked about 
multiplayer it's always a joke among the factions community is that no one knows it exists they had to change it from factions to factions mp and still people didn't know it exists there are probably people right now listening to the ps i love you podcast that still don't know that multiplayer exists for them remastered it's there it's great we talked about it it should have been a part of the built-up ground-up experience at, at least make that multiplayer free to play and see how it goes let that be like a like a great testing grounds for it but blessing if they want to do this free to uh they want to do this uh, the subscription model i understand business makes the world go round but it's going to be another bummer of a hurdle to go over as a mm-hmm. factions fan now going back to the conversation of you know story and narrative and also how do they uh like you know a, how do they create a game a multiplayer game that is approachable for the last of audience that already exists because you know they want to get that audience in there um I do think that it is going to be a mixture of things, right? Last of Factions taking so long to develop, uh, I think means that it's probably going to be something beefy, especially it being separated from the Last of Us base single player game, right? It not being included in Last of Us Part 2 or Part 1 has to, to, I think, speak to, no, we want this thing to exist and be its own thing, right? I look back and I think back to the um, Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest and Neil Druckmann Mm. going on stage and showing off the concept art. And it's seeming like this, Oh snap! All right, they're creating something here, right? It looks like it takes place. At least this scene looks like San Francisco, and you know you have people looking down at like an area with more people in the background and all this shit, right? They're creating something that's going to have some sort of shared space, whether it's battle royale or whether it's what I would go, what I would um uh, predict, which is something that is more Destiny like, right? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be something that is PVE and PVP. I think the PVE stuff will be where you get the narrative stuff. Um, you know, similar to a Destiny campaign, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Hey, once a year, we're dropping a last of us campaign. And that is what you're talking about. Um, Sancho. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. And um, I like uh, it. Pickle, pickle joystick in, in um, the questions, right? He says, mm-hmm. you know, completely new setting, new characters, see how the outbreak affected different areas. Mm-hmm. I think you could do that with a yearly last of us campaign and last of us factions where it is, hey, here's a, uh, and this is a combination of a lot of ideas, right? Here's a, you know, let's say six hour campaign, right? Because those take a lot of work. I don't think it's going to be 15 hours or anything like that. But like, Here's a six-hour campaign that takes place in Jersey, and it is you playing alongside your friends and doing co-op, going up against uh, NPC uh, hunters and mm-hmm. clickers and runners and all that stuff. Maybe doing like a maybe meeting uh, characters in universe uh, and like having these narratives that are, hey, like our camp is on our last legs. Like you know, if you go out and find this specific kind of medicine that's like very unique to the world of last of us and bring it back you know we will help you out in this way you'll get this new exclusive weapon or whatever the thing is right i think there are a lot of cues you can take from destiny in terms of how to add in campaigns let alone dungeons and raids and stuff like that that'll make it viable and then you also have a pvp mode for people that yes. are of that ilk uh that is like that, that i think would be what we have already with last plus one which is like the survivor mode and the 4v4s and all that stuff but then also put in a battle royale mode for the people that really want that because i think last plus would be would be uh would uh work with a banger battle royale mode you know i think the survival aspects of it the looting the crafting the listen mode all that stuff would lend itself really well to a, a battle royale mode. And I know I'm I'm thinking, you know, big scope here, but I think this would be a fucking hit of a game. Dude, just, I want to live in this universe that you speak of, dude. I want to be in it so badly as someone who plays battle royales, as someone that loves factions, the world. You, dude, that, that is perfect. Like, like, literally take what Call of Duty's doing. PvP, 
goes right into the battle royale. They wash each other's hands. You unlock things in PvP, you can take it to the battle royale. You unlock things in battle royale, you have it yep. for the PvP. You unlock things in, like in Destiny, the Crucible. You unlock something in the PvE, you can take it to the PvP. Like there is something here that is building, and for them, like the, let me tell you the moment to see Neil Druckmann go on the world stage and say that they're making a standalone multiplayer. The the, the amount of rejoice for all the Naughty Dog multiplayer fans to have the big dog, Neil Druckmann, say that is amazing. Like, that to me is enough to say it's serious. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. this thing is serious. And just like Uncharted Lost Legacy, they were making a DLC and they say, wait a minute, this is too big of a game. Let's go bigger, right? We're going to release a full-fledged game. And I think one of the things as a Naughty Dog like, observant is that they always build on their titles. They started doing wide open linear, right? Remember that term that they were talking about where yeah. you could go in a world and just think about how big that one area was in Uncharted Lost Legacy and how wise that like they had little spokes of little areas that she can go into and find a little piece before she went out all over in that Jeep. That's a pretty big map. And you don't need a hundred people running around a battle royale map or anything of that sort. You can make it intimate. Oh, What's yeah. That? You can talk about 16. Rumble verse right now is 40. We don't need crazy amounts of people. 32, 20 players will even feel intense knowing 1, that there's clickers around. You got Gustavo's music hitting all of a sudden. What's that sound? I am in a place where I need this shotgun and I'm in trouble. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Now, granted, I don't want to get too crazy right now. Blessing because Hunt Showdown has done these things where you playing these kind of things that hunt monsters, you get contracts and bounty hunters, and there's people out there. It has been done before. The cycle frontier is kind of like that as well. You're out there grabbing stuff, taking away, escape from Tarkov. But for a PlayStation to do a multiplayer type thing that's exclusive, that is rare in this generation of of PlayStation in my mind. Yeah. And I mean, right now, PlayStation also has their PC push that they're making, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we're, we're not seeing a lot of we're not seeing any PlayStation day and date. We're releasing this on PC and PlayStation 5 at the same time. I would think that the multiplayer projects would be the time and place to do that oh, man. because you want player base. You want as many people as possible playing you need this it. thing together. Cross -play. You would want that crossplay. Mm -hmm. And hopefully... It. Hopefully that by that time, you know, maybe we could get a PlayStation PC launcher. So it is going to be cross progression oh. as well. Like, I think that uh, you were maybe you're earning trophies at both places at the same time, right? Like that would all make sense for that. If you're it working feels on weird, a though. push, it feels weird, right? It's so on PlayStation to be able oh, to yeah. have. It's so weird, but I, it's possible. I mean, it's totally and I think up it's the, there. It's, it's the thing that makes the most sense, like even as right. non PlayStation as it is. It would just make the most sense well, to be like, hey, yeah, we want more people in this multiplayer thing. Exactly. Cool, let's make a PlayStation launcher and let them earn their trophies. That way, like, they feel comfortable transferring back and forth between PC and PlayStation. This is the thing that what killed PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. I love that game. It's so interesting to see multiverses be a pop-off, right? PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale has an opportunity to come back. Okay, listen to me. I know we're talking about Last of Us, but that game was awesome. But what hurt it was it was exclusive. And what hurt it as well was the original developer that came out with it went out when went under. So mm -hmm. PlayStation also has better real. It can't be exclusive to PlayStation because there's just not enough players anymore. You know, everyone wants to play. They don't want to buy a PlayStation. They want to play with their Xbox friends. They want to play with their PC friends. But uh I had to get my PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale in. Of course. And you gotta add Abby into it now that we got Abby from Last of Us Part 2. So you know, it's time. That'd be it's sick. Time. There's been there's been this one quick thing as well. Like mm -hmm. uh, blessing, I'm gonna throw this question to you. Do you think as someone who plays 
Fortnite as well. Do you think they'll uh, no Neil Druckmann said no, but you think Last of Us will have outfits in Fortnite? Oh, that's a good question. I think so. Yeah. The Neil I missed I missed this. Neil Druckmann said no. Yeah. They they there was a rumor talking about it, and Neil was like, "No, we don't we don't have any." thing i mean maybe barrett could back me up i remember i've seen it somewhere but the uh, the thing about it is um i don't know because they were so precious about joel and ellie in their first one blessing Mm -hmm. because there was always a question when we streamed the gaming with the dogs they were like why isn't there any joel and ellie skin like there was a nathan drake and all them and their multiplayers and they're like well we didn't feel that in terms of factions yeah i see though he squashes the last of us Fortnite crossover reports it's a false rumor and this is july 2022 so this is very very recent so it's like they were so like precious about ellie they didn't want to see an ellie running around multiplayer getting killed like the way and all those kinds of things but it's interesting to me why though like i don't know it like it's a a last of us is already a violent game she has so many death scenes already in case it, I like, like don't if you die. No, I don't <laughs> Cause know. Because like, here's the thing, right? If if you're like, oh yeah, the creators of Dragon Ball Z don't want Goku to run around the gun, I'd be like, makes sense. Makes sense. Ellie from Last of Us, the most violent fucking vicious game in the world. Like, you don't want them to be in Fortnite? What? Because it's too cute? I it's don't too cash grabby? No. Well, Kratos is in there. I know, I know, but at the same time, it's interesting because Nathan Drake's in it because of you know. They had Tom Holland on uh, Nathan Drake mm-hmm. with Uncharted, yeah. and then they had the outfit edit style with Nathan Drake in the video game. But I, you see, the thing is, like, I just, I, I they will fit. Maybe they don't want him to do the gritty. I don't know, blessing. I mean, <laughs> that could totally be it. Listen, but we've already given up the ground, right? Like everybody's yeah. doing the gritty in that video game. They got Superman doing the gritty. Like if yes. Superman can do it, I I think uh, Joel Miller can do it. I don't think it'd be a big problem. <laughs> I, now, I, I would, someone in our live chat also uh, suggests, or it's been Dog Nick ninety six. I think they could have HBO outfits in Fortnite. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Like specifically, it's like Pedro oh, Pascal, they got Oscar, or Pedro uh, Pascal, yeah, yeah and um, uh, Lady Mormont uh, in there. Um, yeah, I was saying, like, a, like the Bella- Uncharted. Um, yeah. Tom Holland skins, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, that's, that's my thing is, I don't think it'll happen with Last of Part One because that how recent that Neil quote is. But maybe either, yeah, the the HBO show or Last of Us faction multiplayer. I think we all, that would have some kind of crossover. My joke about it is the reason why he's not in Fortnite is because they have a golf club pickaxe. I was gonna make that joke. I was gonna be like, oh yeah, Abby's pickaxe for sure is gonna be a fucking golf club, I'm smashing down buildings and smashing down Joel Miller's face with it. Now, <laughs> I you brought up Uncharted Lost Legacy. Uh, we I got did. a question here from Matt Douse who writes in to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, just like you can, and says, "Team, one thing I keep coming back to is my desire for more Left Behind esque stories in the Last of Us universe, mm. especially seeing how well Sony has done." Uh, the, done with their smaller spider-man titles in miles morales what shorter stories would you like to see told in this world i'd love to see an international take on the story how an island nation like the uk would react to the virus first reaching our shores uh matt douse i like this question sancho mm. what smaller stories in the last was universe would you like to be, uh, be told well matt douse is a great question uh 28 days later would be that movie that you're talking about that is a great example of what would happen if the uk oh, had sad. that um but in regards to uh last of us i would love to see bill like bill had that great story about it i know in, in our rundown we're gonna talk about the, the show but bill having everything being told through the letters like anything that was told through the letters of the voice recordings i think that'd be an easy way to dive back into the factions world i think that would have would have been a quite interesting thing to me that if uncharted i mean if naughty dog wanted to show off hey we built something from the ground up 
using what all this technology again what if they would have instead of that like hey we're releasing a free-to-play demo demos are cool i don't know why demos don't exist anymore but here's a little demo. PlayStation, they make you pay for them now. You just got to get PlayStation Plus <laughs> yeah. Premium. Yeah, they exist well, on uh, premium. But, <laughs> on premium, yeah. Uh, but like, would it be cool if they're like, here's a Billstown demo of uh, something we cut or, you know, that would feel like it's something new that we've never seen before. And you're like, whoa, dude, look at this technology. We're seeing Bill sound for the first time from Bill's eyes. Maybe we play as Bill and his partner at the time. We get to experience that story. I think that'd be cool. Any of the soldier stories of experiencing being held down in a horde mode would be a cool thing to be able to experience as well. Uh, any of those, like I mentioned, those tape recorder stories were awesome. Even even the story of maybe you're hunting down joel i remember they talked about hmm. that one scene between abby and um ellie at the end they they were telling me that they kind of kind of had that idea as if you're facing another person like a pvp so that's why ellie was able to move so well and she felt very realistic in that battle um but yeah i think the, any of those kinds of stories and i think um Dog could have eased us into this part one rebuilt with exploring those stories that we love so much from just reading those notes i never thought about that um that ellie versus abby uh sequence toward the end of that game as a oh no we're gonna have another player enter your game like journey and have it be, that'd be great to. that'd be fucking crazy <laughs> oh uh, like they were able to pull that off elden ring all of a sudden dude yeah oh my god that'd be insane uh I, the one that comes to mind for me and i i can't decide whether this is a Uncharted Lost Legacy style spinoff, or if this would just be The Last of Us Part 3, would be mm -hmm. for it to pick up the story of Abby and Lev and them continuing on looking for the Fireflies. Um, I, I feel like they set those characters up to have a future, especially Lev. Lev's, Lev feels so prime mm -hmm. uh, to have uh, his own game, right? In the way that, mm -hmm. like, playing playing through Last of Us Part 1, uh, or playing through Last of Us 1 uh, as Joel, right, with Ellie, you know, Ellie feels so set up and so fleshed out as a character, right? And it mm -hmm. feels so natural uh, natural transitioning into her shoes for Last of Us Part 2. Um, Lev, I feel the same thing, right? If they wanted to make a, an, a game that is all about Lev, or maybe it is, you know, five, ten years later, and you are playing a grown version of Lev, and you're in some new territory in The Last of Us, I think that could have a lot of potential, and that could uh, be a really cool thing to explore. I would like, I would like that passing of the baton of the characters. Because um, I feel like I've gotten... I feel like I've gotten enough juice out of the Joel and Ellie story. I think yeah. that's where I'm at. Like, and mm -hmm. you know, obviously Joel, <laughs> spoilers. If he, at this point, if you've not played Last of Us from Last Part, Last of Us Part Two, I think we're going spoilers open now. I think we're allowed to kind of dive deep into it. But you know, Joel's fucking dead, <laughs> so they're, they're not gonna explore that story <laughs> unless it's yeah. Oh yeah, surprise, motherfucker. Oh man. Uh, unless there's some kind of prequel, they're not gonna dive into that story anymore. And Ellie, by the time her story ends, you know, like, here's my thing. Last of Part Two ends in such a fucking downer place, right? It is so heartbreaking. It is it like tears tears your heart out. Like D Dina has left Ellie, uh, took the child with her, right? Like everybody she knows is dead. Uh, mm. Ellie's like she finishes that game walking back. To, she's a ghost. Uh, Jackson. She's basically um, a ghost of herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's basically a ghost of herself, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's kind of empty. She's like like she's trying to play that song on the guitar and like she can't play it right because she's lost her fingers. It oh. is such a fucking heartbreaking end to a game. And I could see there being a okay, but let's bring it back, right? Let's yeah. add the heart back into the Last of Us because Last of Us Part One or Last of Us One starts off with like I think 
a lot of heart, right? It's violent, it's dark, but also it's a game that I would say is about reconnection and it's a game mm-hmm. about regaining your humanity. Last mm-hmm. of Part Two is such a game about <laughs> losing your humanity revenge, and leaning yeah. into revenge, and it is about the cycle of violence, and it mm-hmm. is fucking Empire Strikes Back level of, of like, oh, this fucking sucks. This dark, this is dark, this is gritty. Um, I think the natural progression of that trilogy would be to bring it back and have it be a story of Ellie regaining her, her humanity in the way that Joel in, La- in Last of Us 1 had to kind of regain his humanity through Ellie. I think if you're going to continue with the Ellie yeah. story, that's where you would take it. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I could also see them putting down the Ellie story. because like, I, I think I don't the know, story man. is unfinished. Like I was really thinking about it this morning of the way, like you're saying, Bless, it, it does mm-hmm. really feel like that downer um, Empire Strikes Back almost cliffhanger of like, yeah, it's really it's really sad, and like The Last of Us, uh, the original, it ends in a way where it's like, yeah, I could see this ending here, but they leave so much open to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, there there should be more here because it does it. Even though in this moment it feels finished and the story feels finished, Ellie's mm-hmm. journey is not finished. Uh, I believe yeah. in ways Abby's story is not finished, and then especially uh, uh, Lev, right? Lev. Uh, yeah, is his name. I I, I think on the Lost Legacy or like a maybe an in-between of uh, Left Behind and Lost Legacy, you get more Lev backstory and more of uh, where Lev has come from because I think one of the perfect ways to bring a, maybe a, to transition into what we want from part three, I think the perfect way to tie it all together because that's what you need to do in a part three of a trilogy, right, is you're too – Kind of, you know, in, in uh, The Last of Us 1, you've got Joel and Ellie, and uh, Last of Us Part 2, um, you know, you're kind of bouncing back and forth, but then your kind of big duo in that game, I would say, is Abby and Lev. And then yep. in Part 3, you have both of the younger characters from both Part 1 and Part 2 cross paths again, okay. and it's Ellie and Lev. Interesting. Interesting. I, 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 I'm glad you're here, Barrett, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spit something out real quick, and I'm glad. Definitely. Spit it I think out. You... Spit it out. Okay. Right, hear me out. Gotcha. Hear me out. We could all agree, Last of Us universe is great. You talk about Joel and Ellie, how we're kind of like getting a little bit juiced out on it. This reminds me totally of Breaking Bad. Okay, Walter and Jesse Pinkman, same kind of thing. We had this whole journey with them throughout the entire thing of Breaking Bad. We had the movie El Camino as well, right? To be the bookend of that entire thing. And then they said, we are going to bring Better Call Saul, an entirely different character. It is a prequel that basically flourishes what happens in Breaking Bad. Barrett, is there a world that they go Hmm. back into a prequel setting that makes the last of a story elevates it just a little bit more and maybe some cases maybe better than usual because i love there's only one way i think and Mm. i think that's uh ellie's mom i think you explore that character yeah ellie's mom i think in the new context of like uh building up like even more of like uh her characters and ways and you know uh playing that as a prequel and Mm. learning more about her and then when you go back to last of us one and two you're like oh my god she's so much like her mother and stuff like that uh and and and, uh, again to bring it back to how part two ends and why i think ellie's story is unfinished is like where we leave and to tie it into breaking bad where we leave ellie off in part two feels like if Breaking Bad had ended with Ozymandias, 
Sancho, mm, uh, if yes. you understand that, where we don't get, if those last three episodes didn't come out and we just get Walter kind of escaping off into the, the, the sunset, the yep. and we don't get any of the him hiding out, him coming back to Albuquerque, stuff like that. Uh, yep. So that's why I, I, I think Ellie's story is unfinished and they'll return to her at some point. What a great show, bro. I gotta feel. I'm, I'm still. I'm. I'm uh, halfway through. Maybe a little bit most of the way through now. Uh, uh, Better Call Saul. And goddamn, oh. I can't stop watching this thing. Oh, you know, I will I take a break once I finish the season. I'm on season four. Once I finish season four, I'm yeah, yeah, you're, gonna, you're gonna need a little bit of a break. Yeah, you do. Oh, you yeah. think so? Okay, I can't wait oh, to yeah, finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to bring in a, a question from my dog Nick ninety six from Massachusetts who writes in with a long write in. It's a long multi part write in, so I'm gonna only take it part by part. Um, right. But he writes in and says, "Hello, bless and Sancho." For The Last of Us, the obvious answer of what I want is The Last of Us Part 3, a conclusion to Ellie's story. Another story I would like to see is a prequel to Part 2 around Yara and Lev. Uh, Something Lost Legacy-sized sounds fitting, but I wouldn't mind if this is a comic either, and this is kind of what we're talking about. And of course, as a reminder, right, Yara, uh, I believe is Lev's older sister? Or at yeah. least like mm-hmm. older caretaker. I think it was sister though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The other prequel I want to see is about Ellie's mother, Anna. Uh, this may be something we see in part three though. There was that artwork of that pregnant pregnant woman with the gas mask and the title American Daughters. That could have alluded to her. Uh, I think all this is interesting. It's related to all the, all the things that we're talking about. One of the things going back to the idea of part three being uh, Ellie's story once again is like, what is the story I, I know like what the feels have to be i know what the themes have to be in terms of again like reconnecting to humanity right regaining your humanity finding uh something to kind of um i guess give ellie hope in being a human being again but yeah how do they do that right do they do that by bringing back in abby and Liv? no i i think you could totally do that without them i think ellie when we last leave her she's a ghost and i think like joel was a ghost as well he was he was a hardened man and he needed to open up it'd be interesting to see her just be nomadic man going town to town experiencing these little tableaus of of her like she kind of reminds me of like the seven samurai you know she's just a this really good killer you know she could handle her own she could kill humans she could kill clickers she's seen it all and bloaters like she's not afraid of anything right so she could be as of a like a silent type, not like quiet, but like a like this presence, you know. And I would I would would be really cool if she just stumbled upon a village or some kind of encampment and she helps them, um, because we all have seen that in like movie cinema, right? This this person like kind of like uh, the Book of Eli, that type of beat, right? I, I think that she would be an amazing character like that. And we already know everything about her. We don't need to see her um, discover new things. It's it's more of like just her waking up from this nightmare that she honestly she gave herself because she was so mm-hmm. stubborn but i i think that would be the story of it but if that would be more of a story that kind of like you know how we didn't need el camino i there was a lot of people i know i'm bringing a breaking bad here but a lot of people didn't need to see the very end of like how some characters ended up i mean we were happy with where pinkman was at the end of Breaking Bad, we didn't see anything more, so it could be like maybe we don't I, need to I, see I more. I would Bally. push back against that, but yeah, I know, but maybe we, we needed El Camino. I don't. Maybe we don't need to see where Ellie goes. I mean, because that in itself, she's a tragic character already, and we don't need to. Maybe she doesn't deserve a comeback. Like honestly, dude, when Joel got his head beaten in by the golf club, I was like, yeah, dude, Joel's a bad dude as well. Like I get it. Mm-hmm. We all love, we all love him, and he's, you know, that was the whole point of the story. Like there's, he's, he's just. He's not black and white. He's gray, and it's, it sucks that he died. But you should feel this way for everybody that dies in the Last of Us because it's the same kind of 
result. Everybody's and, like on the same playing field to right, some extent. Everybody, some are more evil than others, but like right, everybody's some shade of gray in life. Right. They're all shade and, and Ellie becomes gray, right? At the very end. So it's like she becomes dark gray for sure. She's a, so, so it's like she's not a good person either. She had a chance to walk away the to live her life with Dina and she she gave that up, dude. So it's like, does she deserve this inning? You know, Sancho, she already got one. Gabe Papadakis Hewitt writes into Patreon. And These says, great names. Awesome names. Uh, and I we mentioned this on the post show, but it was during the post show, so you might might have missed it. Uh, Gabe Papadakis. Is that a eight mile reference? Gabe, let us know, because I'm very curious. I want to know if that's an eight mile <laughs> thing. Uh, he says, I would be okay with the Last of Us multiplayer game being the last Last of Us thing we get. I like the end of The Last of Us 2. Uh, I like that the end of The Last of Us 2 was open to interpretation, and, and it's hard for me to imagine continuing that story. Sure, you could explore other people's stories in that universe, but how much, quote, humans are the real enemy, end quote, can we get before we travel into The Walking Dead TV show territory, which that's maybe true. has gone too long? I think that's fascinating, right? That the idea good. of The Last of Us Part 2 just being it in terms of the, I would say, the Joel and Ellie story and maybe the rest of the stories just told through The Last of Us Factions multiplayer. I could go either way with it. I could be, uh, I could use more Last of Us Part 3 in the in the conversation that, like, we're having a Barrett in, in terms of, no, you, I, I, there's more for that character to be told, right? Like, mm -hmm. I could see them exploring that character more. At the same time, man, after The Last of Us Part 2, I'm a little bit burnt out. <laughs> like, I, The Last of Us Part yeah. 2 took so much out of me out but of that again, story that's because like empire was dark but then you had return of the jedi which was you know moments dark but then also like combined the campiness of the first one to make like a, right. a combination of the the first two were so like if we get a part three i don't think it would i don't think it would be as exhausting as part two because part two is supposed to be the like really dark and gritty and then part three can bring it all together and have some hope yeah. at the end well, I think I think it's it's just we're fatigued because right now we're getting a full like force push last of us right now. Like it's hitting us on all sides. It's in our face with the HBO show. It's hitting us with the re, uh, with the rebuild. It's hitting us, you know, it, it it is relentless, but it's been a while since we've had a game like in a brand new experience from Naughty Dog with the Last of Us uh, in terms of uh, uh, the Last of Us Part 2 came out years ago now, right? Mm. So, so I I I think it's just more of like your eyes are just are are fatigued by it but i think your hands are willing to play another one right i am definitely willing to play another last of us part three but i think what, what it is is like i think we're we're under playing what that multiplayer game can be right there is no limit to what naughty dog could do with that if naughty dog would say we're gonna release a joel or a prequel joel or like a, an ellie campaign or ellie's an npc and she's guiding you around with you like you get to be you the character you oh, create man. and you get to play with See, Ellie. Like I, that's what I'm I, saying, dude. I feel I I feel like that is getting into dangerous territory. That, that's, that's, like, that's, that's theme park writing kind of stuff that I don't think Naughty Dog wants to kind of I wanna be on that ride though. I, I you know I for I me because that takes me to GTA Online. Because GTA Online does that. Where okay. you do you do campaign missions from Lamar, you you do them from I always forget his name, but the nerdy dude with, with the glasses. Oh that yeah, 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 helps you play in the heist. Uh, mm -hmm, recently, mm -hmm. they added in missions with Franklin, where they added in Dr. Dre, and you're working th for Franklin and Dr. Dre doing shit. But GTA Five, goofy ass video game, <laughs> goofy ass story, goofy ass online. We're down with it. We're fine with it. I think Naughty Dog is so precious about those characters that That's I I could not see them being like, okay, now we're gonna give we're gonna make Ellie a mission giver. And like I, I think it could be done with the most quality in the world. I think they could knock it out of the park. 
I do think that that would still end up uh, with the character feeling a little bit uh, cheapened, right? Because I mm-hmm. think we associate Joel and Ellie so much with okay, if I'm getting if I'm getting their story, I am getting it through these very specific means, means, mm-hmm. right? Like though that that is like the peak of your I think your your storytelling. Um, uh, I guess war chest as Naughty Dog, right? Yeah. Keep that for your single player campaigns, and then like for the factions, I would say like have it be new people i do think if you're gonna pull in uh mission givers from the core last of us campaign it would be what was the name of the dude that got dina pregnant <laughs> like oh i think jesse yeah. jesse jesse i think he could be a mission giver Camera guy was i think that is i think that is your pull for mission dude. givers for factions and i think that keeps it interesting right yes I think people yeah maybe like that right or maybe even like if you're trying to go crazy you know but have dina be a mission giver maybe i don't know uh that might be a step too far but i think that caliber maybe tommy i think tommy would make sense maybe if you have something that is the collaboration with jackson right or the crossover with jackson yeah um maybe you do something along those lines and have it take place before joel even gets there you you need you need something for the single player people like why should i play this right Mm -hmm. why should i play this should it be okay like maybe i get a little bit more like left behind type experience maybe i get to explore the bar a different part of the bar in that saloon you know what yeah, i mean like you gotta remember yeah. like you gotta give someone I, we're playing fast and loose with like locations we are. and stuff like we're mad you, you have to you have to remember like the uh the concept art that they gave us for when they talked about factions last that oh, is, yeah, that is san, san francisco. francisco so like yeah. you have to also think about yeah. like who realistically is over there again without it being theme parky of like let's let's throw ellie in here for you know, <laughs> wait, what, what wait. reason fuck you you're just gonna enjoy it yeah. wait, wait, but I, I do i do think over the years i think they expanded though i think we're going i think we're gonna get outside of sf uh eventually i don't think we're gonna travel there necessarily maybe they could fake it i don't know i think it will be a sf is probably your main hub where you start off but then in year five of last of us factions we're finding ourselves in I don't know New York or like Miami or like just other fucking random locations. Vice via, City, yeah, Vice City, right? It'll be via loading screen. We're not, or maybe like uh, maybe the loading screen is you sitting in a bus, like yeah. uh, Spider Man, like how they do those fast travels. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's a good point though. That like, what is ha- what is happening in San Francisco? That's uh, that's uh, also what I want to know. You know, like dude. last uh, uh, Seattle was so defined in terms of you mm-hmm. have the WLF, right? The Washington Liberation Force. You have the Seraphites, the Scars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have them. Yeah. Uh, the you have as like well. yeah, wolf, the, yeah. Wo- the the which one of the oh the wolves are the WLF. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you have you have these different factions. I want to know what the factions are in uh, San Francisco. Right. It's, yeah, it's true. I would. I would love the, that. The techies and the locals. I was, trying, <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be the tech bros. It's gonna be the locals. The gentrifiers. <laughs> Dude, be, it, it's gonna be so interesting. But what makes me laugh is Barrett saying theme parking because I could be like, Joel's like, hey, it's good to see you. We need some help today. We're gonna need you oh, to yeah. get some supplies. Exactly, I'll, dude. like like a like a universal. Like Buzz I'll see Light, you later. You're talking to me while yeah. I'm about to go on this ride, you know? Yeah, exactly. But you know, dude, I I, I like if we're gonna put a button on this whole thing, it's just like Naughty Dog could do a lot, and they they in in terms of they could go in any direction. And I think I agree with Barrett. It needs a third one because it just makes sense to just. I mean, the money's there. It's like a fight that you want to see again. Speaking of Rocky and Review, right? We want to see this prize fight one more time. This last ride mm-hmm. for Ellie. I mean, like like in every kind of show, right? In a bad like, if you're the bad guy, either you go to jail or you die, right? That's that's those are the only ends that you have here. Same thing like in in like Sopranos. You that's what happens, right? But for Ellie, we need to like is maybe that was she experienced dude. Part two, she's dead. Like emotionally, she's dead. That's it, and that's her end. So maybe that's 
maybe that's what Naughty Dog's saying. Like, that's the story's over. But I just think there's just too much, especially with the show coming out. There's just too much cash to ignore the possibility of the three. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk a little bit more about Last of Us a little bit later in the show, specifically the HBO show. Mm -hmm. uh, so get prepped for that. For now, though. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by me undies. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I love me undies. It is very rare, if ever, that you'll see me not wearing me undies head to toe. I'm wearing the me undies shirt. I'm wearing the me undies lounge shorts. I'm wearing the me undies socks. I'm wearing the me undies undies. Of course I am. Everyone knows me undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes. But did you know that they make other stuff too? They have daily tees, shorts, rompers that add a little silky softness to your everyday. They even make hoodies for your dog you know the toretto and moose be rocking those as well miandies is your destination for all things soft and sustainable for any first time purchasers you get 20 percent off plus free shipping and returns to get 20 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny you're not gonna regret it you're gonna love meundies just like i do meundies.com slash kind of funny Sancho, it's time to talk about this week in PlayStation. Uh, let's start off talking about how the PS5 is about to get more expensive. I am reading from Rebecca Valentine at IGN. Today on the PlayStation blog, Sony announced that it will be raising the price of both editions of the PS5 in Europe, the UK, the Middle East, Africa, Asia, Latin America, and Canada. The United States seems to be the only major market not getting a price increase. Quote, the global economic environment is a challenge that many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing, the blog post states. Quote, we're seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries, end quote. Uh, the price increases are as follows, and I boil down to just Europe, UK, and Japan. Of course, go to PS Blog, uh, get the actual details on that and what all the different price hikes look like in all the different major territories. Uh, in Europe, the PS5 with a disk drive is going up to 549 euros 99. That is up from 499 euros uh, 99. And then uh, the digital is going up to 449. Or sorry, let me say that again. It's going up. Uh, 449 uh, euros 99 up from 399 euros 99 in uk the disk drive is going up to 479 euro i'm just gonna round up 480 euro uh, uh pounds uh that is up from 450 pounds the digital edition is going up to 390 pounds uh and then in japan the disk drive is going to 54,980 yen that is up from 49,980 yen the digital going up to 44,980 yen up from 39,000 980 yen sancho i'm sure you saw this break this morning on twitter wait hold on uh, really quick i think uh, you're up? just talking japan right because i think that's up to the blu-ray disc is up to 60.4 or something like 60. that i've got i've got the playstation blog uh, up here oh interesting i copied and pasted from ign so that might oh, be yeah and then the ps5 digital edition is forty-nine thousand yen mm. Mm. roughly mm. Mm. yeah Okay, well, that no, 49. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't know what that change was, but there you go. Yeah, the P PlayStation blog numbers are going to be the more correct ones here. Um, but yeah, Sancho, I'm sure you saw, saw this break this morning on Twitter. Uh, it practically broke Twitter when it happened. What is your response to it? I mean, it's just the way of the world, man. It's a bummer. It feels like it's a fallout from everything that we've been experiencing for the past couple of years. 
and it's not just happening to gaming dude it's happening everywhere in all facets of life you're you know you're you're out there ordering your chipotle and then all of a sudden this chipotle is like around 20 dollars. you're like well, what happened <laughs> like the, the thing about it more than ever is just like playstation you know video game consoles around the world have always been much more expensive than they have been in america i mean i remember when i was working at circuit city back in the day it's like you looking at the brazilian prices for these consoles it's been astronomical compared to uh here in the states you have people buying consoles here and then going back over there and then you it's just a mess i just think like sony's trying to get ahead of it when it comes to this is what it is before people make up their own like make their own uh articles about it like oh look at this playstation is doing this uh behind everybody but it's just what are you gonna do man i mean it's just not a good look for playstation considering everyone's already talking about the 70 dollar game price update and it's just making look like Microsoft is just sitting there like, yeah, right, man. Another win for us here. Yeah. And that's the one thing that broke since we talked about it uh, earlier uh, this morning on KHD, right, is that Microsoft came out with the response and they're like, hey, no, we're not uh, raising raising up the price of the Xbox. And it's, it, such a, it's such like a Cold War type yeah. like battle that we're having between places and Xboxes. It's not robust type of releases or features or like, you know what I mean? Like the way it used to be versus uh, Sega Nintendo, they used to be like this big like it's like behind closed doors and all these little itty bitty tit for tat moves that everybody's doing right now. It's crazy. Yeah. And like that as a response from uh, Xbox is kind of like, Oh God damn. All right. Well, what is that going to do for value? Cause I, th- that was the first thing that hopped out to me when it came to this, right? Okay. Not only are PS fives hard to get, but now in most major markets, they're going to be more expensive. Could they get more expensive in the U S who knows like at this point i don't know right that could happen in, in in the future but you know for now even with that we're already having the conversations around 70 dollars games and games are getting more expensive and even right. games that are that you wouldn't expect to hit that 70 dollars mark like last was part one those are hitting that hitting that mark let alone like playstation plus uh extra and premium trying to be these you know like Hey, here's subscription services where you can get uh, get these games, right? And they're not day and date, but they are collections of games, right? You take mm-hmm. all of that and compare it to uh, I, compare it to Xbox, right? To be frank, you know, mm-hmm. Xbox they're keeping that price. They got the X, they got Xbox Game Pass. First party games are coming to that, right? They're also on on, on PC as well, right? There's Game Pass PC as well. Um, the value battle is one that I think PlayStation is struggling with a bit, and I think that comes back to. It comes back to a bit of like uh, I forget it was Jim Ryan or Herman Holst. It was probably Jim Ryan because it was not a great quote, but it was the, him talking about like, oh yeah, these games are expensive because we want to keep making them, right? Like PlayStation games have high budget. PlayStation game like we can't put them on other consoles because we want to make sure we're putting in all the resources. Mm. Um, there is that kind of sentiment around PlayStation, and to some extent, I think we're able to fly by it because. We get the God of War Ragnarok, or let's say we get the God of Wars. We don't know if Ragnarok is going to be good, even though it's probably going to be good. We get the Last of Us's of the world. We get the Horizons of the world, right? We get these high quality, big budget games that satiate the audience <laughs> that yeah. like that aren't fucking up that relationship yet from the quality standpoint. And so I right. think a lot of people are putting up with it. But I think that's the one thing. That's like the one string that's kind of keeping us keeping us along here. Right. It's it's okay. Just to keep it in kind of funny house. I mean, we're doing Rock and Review, and uh, this reminds me of rocky three okay mm-hmm. apollo's talking to salone is like dude you don't have the eye of the tiger anymore microsoft right now is hungry and it has the eye of the tiger it is literally fighting from the bottom for the first time in a while right now playstation what they could easily do 
is when a business is like this, what does the business offer a blessing? They offer something for free, something that they know they could lose software wise. We're talking about PlayStation. I know, <laughs> but give, give me something. Give me a free game. Give me a free, I don't or know. Like, a or, free or, cover. Bundle, or bundle, bundle in shit bundle with, in, the, yeah. with the more expensive consoles, right? Bundle, bundle in PlayStation in. Plus premium for bundle six months. In. But a little video game guy, toss a bone, brother. Like, I know we're gonna you're, 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 this just you know, back in the, the day, Sancho you would say, I think of the CEOs and I executives know. who need to be paid, Sancho. You think, of the, think of how much they're gonna lose, you, Sancho. The eye of the tiger, okay? You're losing the eye of the tiger, Which is insane to me because, like, the parent companies, right? Microsoft, I would, I, I imagine, is much more successful than Sony is as a company, and it's just weird to me that like Microsoft is the company with the eye yeah, well, of the tiger, they're the, like they're the under, like they're the corporate they are. underdog. It's, it's Phil Spencer, man. Phil Spencer is like he's, he's in that desk. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's like dressed up as Rocky. He's got the he's, boxing gloves. He's, he's Clubber Lane, them. dude. He's going in, dude. But that's the thing about it is like you, you have the ability to kind of soften the blow a little bit, okay? Be like, we understand this happens, but we're gonna look in, like, at least say we're gonna look into it. I mean, realistically, it may not happen, but you still have Sony, you can throw in a movie. I don't care, throw in <laughs> throw something, in, dude. Throw in Spider-Man 3. Throw in something. something, throw in a collection. I don't care, just, just soften the blow a little bit to make it feel like you, like, I understand, here's a free chips and salsa. You know, just mm. get do something like that. Well. Something that they're doing that I think is really exciting is uh, the DualSense Edge. Of course, this was announced back uh, during Gamescom opening night live. I'm going to pull from Tom Warren at The Verge, who has an article about it. Sony has just announced a new DualSense Edge wireless controller. The, quote, high-performance controller is fully customizable, much like the Xbox Elite controller. Sony appears to have the best features from the, uh, the Scuf and Elite controllers with removable analog thumbsticks, rear buttons, changeable stick caps, and multiple control profiles. The DualSense Edge allows owners to change out stick caps for three types, standard, high dome, and low dome. Uh, there are also two swappable back buttons, a half dome or lever, that can be mapped to any other buttons, much like typical paddles. Much like other customizable controllers, you can save multiple control profiles, which is ideal when you're switching games regularly. Sony has even added, added an on-controller an on interface with a dedicated function button uh, that lets you quickly switch between profiles, adjust volume, and chat balance, and access profile settings to tweak the controller during a game. Sony has only teased the DualSense Edge controller during Gamescom Opening Night Live, and there is no confirmed date, uh, release date or pricing yet. Sancho, are you excited to use the DualSense Edge? Listen, I was looking for... I, I, I have hordes of controllers, okay? So I have a whole bunch. Now... I am excited about time. Thank God. Like there's nothing more frustrating as a controller player that likes to play with extra buttons uh, because paddles are the future. You, if you don't, if you never play with a paddle controller out there audience, you need to, because you're going to just be a better gamer. But so there's a lot of third party companies that they talked about, right? Scuff and things like that. So here in my hand is formed from clinch gaming. Now, oh, as that. you can see at the very back of it, there's these little buttons, right? That allow you to have the paddle thing. It, it's still a great controller. I'm not a fan of how small they are, but at the same time, there are different kinds of third parties. Now, I have my Elite controller somewhere around here, but this is the one from Thrustmaster, okay? Thrustmaster has this thing where you could kind of move the paddles and the, the you can make this parallel, things like that. And it has the back buttons as well, right? I'm a big fan of that versus mm -hmm. the paddles. So the thing about it is that with the games that are coming out, the multiplayer games and things of that sort, even, you know, um, 
to help able gamers as well. You have the these is this is fantastic, and I love the future of that. I think they need to lean more into the customization of it. Sure, if you're gonna take a page from the Xbox Elite, which I don't, hell, I don't know where it is, but it's here somewhere. I have so many. So the Xbox Elite, I I think, is a great controller. The thumbsticks themselves are really rigid and, and tough. I like this control, like the DualSense controller itself feels fantastic, especially playing games like Multiverses. I just like the short sticks. I love the ability to customize. I think like for PlayStation to say we're finally getting into it, it just shows you that they're finally listening to what we want. Because I, as much as I like the clinch gaming people, they're fantastic. If this thing breaks, I have to send it off and it's going to be weeks before I could get another one. But if I could just pop into a Best Buy, pop into uh, you know your local game store, and buy another PlayStation controller, I'm in for it. I used to have the C40 controller. The C40 is from, oh my God, who makes the A40s, those headsets? Oh, uh, Astro? Astro, okay. Yeah. This Astro gaming controller, one of the best controllers, uh, very expensive, over $250. Fifty dollars, right? You, yes, I know. So it's very expensive, Sancho. Yes, I know. I understand. But that controller was <laughs> awesome. But they went like they stopped making them and went discontinued. And I and I still have a whole bunch of ones. But um, dude, this is awesome. I'm excited. I, I think it's going to be quickly quickly adopted by a lot of people and gamers out there. And if you're like, why should I spend that much money on a controller? Which we don't know. They haven't announced the price or anything. I'm assuming it's going to be around two hundred plus dollars. Yeah. I mean, no, seven hundred dollars in right, your first child. Right, right. <laughs> know that it, it it's worth investing. I think it, it's one hundred percent worth investing. These, um, I know I mentioned the C forty didn't last me that long, but it is worth investing in your controllers. If you talk to anyone like the Nitro Rifle, he will tell you that it's worth investing as well. Um, but it's good to have first party for the first time because we had a scuff third party controller yeah, for PlayStation. That one's okay. I, what do you feel about that controller blessing? Because as someone that has bought these custom controllers, what do you think about that scuff one right there? I mean, it looks cool. I vibe with it, but I just didn't like the paddles too much. I, so the paddles are what throw me off. Uh, exactly. I'm somebody who's, I'm, I'm a new adopter when it comes to any sort of like elite type of controller. Mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, the first, my first experience with something with paddles was actually the Steam Deck. And I like the Steam Deck with the yes. paddles because like, yes. I'm not accidentally pressing them, right? Like they're firm enough. They feel where, great. They're big too. Yeah, they're big. They feel great. Yep. Like they're clicky, but like I wouldn't mm -hmm. accidentally hit them. This thing, I'm accidentally pressing the paddles. 100%. All the time. That's my biggest issue with it is for a 100%. lot of games, especially for me not be, uh, being used to using a controller like this if i'm playing a fighting game or if i'm playing a game where i have the fast twitch reflexes i it's just a, such a weird adjustment to like have that soft touch to not actually hit these things uh and so that's been my big issue with it and that's why i, I genuinely don't play with it because i think the paddles are a bit bulky and they kind of right. get in the way mm -hmm. now but, those are paddles but the other uh, dual sense edge has back buttons which are so much better yeah. in my mind and the, the thing about the elite controller they have paddles but they get spongy because it, it, it for those who don't know the paddle goes into a hole that has a button inside as if you're going to reset the controller and the more aggressive you are with your paddles over time it just gets spongy and becomes mm -hmm. like a dead paddle so i'm happy that it's a button because a clicking a button like the steam deck which i have as well uh it's great I think it, it, like I mentioned, it just because the way complex the complexity of video games is happening, like even Rumbleverse, to be able to do a double trigger pull for a dodge, it's so much nicer to have it bound to one button and you yeah. just press it with the one button press. So I, I think it's great. It just feels like it's a long overdue process. I'm hoping 
that they get the customization in terms of the faceplates and all that kind of excitement that makes See, it, yeah that's that makes the stuff that better. i want like that's the mm-hmm. stuff that i think would make me pop is if they did did um like a what's called design labs type thing mm-hmm. for playstation mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. dual sense controllers you know uh, i mean we've we've been asking that for such a long time we wanted it with the dual shock yeah. for i think the dual dual sense being as sleek as it is and like seeing seeing it come in the, the different colors i'll love yeah. to be able to you know customize like the outside areas and the touchpad mm-hmm. a different color and yeah. actually add colors to the buttons and stuff like that. I think there's there, there's some good stuff over there. And one thing I want to highlight before we move on is that I like the the ability to have profiles. I think uh, the the Thrustmaster controller I have has the same thing. It's fantastic to say mm-hmm. I'm going to play Fortnite and then I'm switch over to Rumbleverse controllers. It's really good. I it, and it that's just feels the kind like of stuff finally. that helps with like if you're playing a fighting game and you don't mm-hmm. want to use the the back buttons, right? That's like a profile that you can make to disable those for that yep. game specifically and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's it's a, good. that's a cool thing. It's a good pull. Well, let's talk about a bit about uh Sony's film and TV pursuits cuz they're heating up. But my question for you, Sancho, is, is it going too far? Uh, this last oh. week, we got tons of announcements. Uh, let's start off with uh, Last of Us HBO. That got a teaser. Reading from Adam Bankhurst at IGN, HBO has revealed the first teaser for the upcoming TV series adaptation of The Last of Us, and it features Pedro Pascal's Joel, uh, uh, Bella Ramsey's Ellie, and more. Alongside Joel and Ellie, the short tease also gave us a glimpse at Joel's daughter, Sarah, who's played by Nico Parker, oh. and Bill, who's played by uh, Bill... Uh, played by Nick Offerman, uh, a clicker stuck in a wall, and potentially Frank, uh, who's played by Murray, who could be played by Murray Bartlett. Of course, Frank being uh, Bill's partner, who I don't I never really showed up uh, as a mm-hmm. voice role in Last of Us, but you saw um, dead, <laughs> basically, when right. you finally Wait, find Because I don't see them in this teaser at all. You know what? I didn't see him either. And so I just, I just, I was, I was trusting IGN. Maybe, maybe frame by frame. Maybe this isn't Pedro Pascal. Which is what I'm assuming here, but no, he looks, that's the that looks only like other person where I'm like, I, th- I think it's just, that, so I don't know where they're getting uh, Frank from. Yeah, maybe opinion. see if you can keyframe, because I was curious about this. I never went back and looked for Frank, because like, I never, I didn't, I'll, I don't, I'll I don't keep, know. I'll keyframe it on, on my end. You, you keep talking. If I find anything, I'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, the article continues. We still don't have an official release date for The Last of Us on HBO, but we know it'll arrive in 2023. Now, that's not all, because Sony... Is also reportedly making a Days Gone movie. This comes from Igor at Engadget. Days Gone may never get a proper sequel, but its post-apocalyptic story could eventually make its way to the silver screen. According to Deadline, Sony's PlayStation Productions unit is developing a film adaptation of the 2019 game. Outlander actor Sam Hewen is reportedly set, <clears throat> set to star in a script penned uh, by Up in the Air and X-Men First Class writer Sheldon Turner. Deadline reports Turner envisions the final film being a, quote, love ballad to motorcycle movies, end quote. Now, that's not all. Uh, Sony is also making a Gravity Rush movie. This comes from Matt Grobar at Deadline. PlayStation Productions and Scott Free Productions have launched development on Gravity Rush, a film based on the 2012 action-adventure video game of the same name. The open-world PlayStation Vita game developed by Japan Studios Project Siren and published by Sony and published by Sony has players care, uh, controlling Cat, an amnesiac with the ability to manipulate gravity, who uses her powers to defend the floating community of Hexaville from gravity storms and the mysterious race of monsters known as the Nevi or Nevi. I still haven't figured that one out. Now, 
that is not all Sancho. Somehow this morning, uh, Netflix tweeted out how the Umbrella Academy is wrapping up with this fourth and final season. The lead producer director role uh, for Umbrella Academy is now working on developing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn for Netflix. So you can expect that too. And let alone, listen, Sancho, I can keep going. All right. If you want to get out of PlayStation, mm-hmm. fucking Sega is out there making Space Channel 5 <laughs> yes. and Comic Zone movies. And apparently I just speaked on Twitter and somebody said something about Bioshock being developed as a fucking film or movie. Yeah, I don't know uh, which. over on Netflix. Uh, what was that? I, I sent that to KFGD. And it's really cool, too, because it's um, the director behind I Am Legend and The Hunger Games Catching Fire. And then the uh, scriptwriter wrote Logan, Blade Runner 2049, and American God. So Bioshock has got a good team behind it now, too. Okay. Oh, that's pretty fun. Like, look, when, look. Look, because they announced Bioshock, I think, a bit ago, and it was like, oh, God, Netflix making Bioshock great. But now that they've got these guys attached, I'm like, okay. okay. Oh, this might be far. Sancho, have we yeah. gone too far? No, listen, we are entering the era of video game media. It's going to be full throttle. They've already exhausted the majority of the comic books. I mean, they're already done MCU, DC's doing its thing, right? There's not much on that front. So what's the next fruit tree to pick at? It's video games. They've done it in the past. They couldn't they haven't nailed it just yet. You know, this is it. We are this is exciting. Okay, Last of Us movie, boom. Last of Us series, yes. HBO, fantastic. We're talking about the best of the best when it comes to episodic television right now minus the amc people at breaking back but this is what i'm talking about this is gets me excited <laughs> listen we got to talk about that last of us thing you don't know what loss is and pedro pascal is. nails is. that line dude he nails that line and everyone was so wondering everyone was concerned that Pedro Pascal wouldn't be a good Joel because just basically, I mean, it's 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 not who they had in mind, right? For the longest time, it was like uh, Josh Brolin. Uh, you had Hugh Jackman, right? Everyone was speculating. It's always a fun video to make, um, and you guys did as well for for casting people. But Pedro Pascal brings this gravitas to this role that he's been fantastic in Narcos. He's been fantastic in Game of Thrones uh, as the Viper, and him in the Mandalorian. The Thing that he's doing behind his mask is fantastic and i think just to be able to see him say that line i know it's being dissected by the internet that should put every concern to bed like seriously now bill ramsey at the same time i i think her casting her as the um in the game of thrones right she yeah. she she is Lady, uh, Lady Mormont, the, uh, Lady Mormont, right? Yeah. And she, the the leader of the bear people, right? She 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 has it in her, and I think what just looking at her, they should have gave her a moment too to let everyone know, like, hey, she's good. But I think she 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 captures the the youth and innocence that Ellie as a video game character never really captured because it's a video game. But if you look at her, you're like, that's just a little girl out there, and she's about to get go down some serious dark roads, right? So that's what gets me excited about the whole entire thing. Now, going to uh, uh, Days Gone, the Sam dude from Outlander, that guy's a dope actor. Very dreamy, very great action star in the making. So I'm excited for that. that. Gravity, just give it to me, dude. You got Studio Ghibli-type vibes. That's going to be an awesome-type beat. Blessing, just embrace it, dude. Just, embr- just embrace. Just I want embrace. to. And listen. I, you I'm- got to. Because what? There's nothing to lose here. At worst, we get some bad TVs and movies. At worst, we get get some Dead or Alive. Remember that movie? We get that with Kevin Nash in it. We get that, you know? 
Get that. I'm, 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 I'm trying to embrace it. I'm just embrace. trying to understand the strategy here. Because I like oh. Last of Us, that makes sense. Ghost Shima, that makes sense. Horizon, that makes sense. A Gravity Rush? I saw you take that up. And listen to me as a this isn't me as a hater of Gravity Gravity Rush specifically. I might be a Days Gone hater. I want to play Gravity Rush. I have Mm. Gravity Rush legit downloaded. So once I get some free time, I think I'm gonna get into Gravity Rush. Uh, I got a lot of curiosity about that, and I like how different that is as a project compared to the other Mm, things. mm, And mm, also, mm. on that note, I got requests. If you're out here making Japan studio projects, make me a Shadow of Colossus movie or an Eco movie or a Last Guardian movie, right? Get into that area. I think that'd be fire. but it is a lot. It's a lot of a pro- it's a lot of projects announced within like a short period where I'm like, oh, do y'all not want to see like I don't know, man. Like learn about the feelings of one before you move into the other. Like yeah. maybe ease into it a little bit. Then like going full fledged shotgun approach. Boom, pow. We're like fucking making everything now. Uh, yeah. I think that's the one thing that has me like, all right, man. I will see. But the Uncharted movie was fine. You know, yeah. it was cool. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, so I, if we're getting I, more I, of those, that's fine. Yeah, dude, it, it's a, it's a light rap, you know. It's whatever. I, I know people have problems with Mark Wahlberg, but that movie doesn't get made without Mark Wahlberg attached to it. It is what it is. Um, but I, I had a great time with it. I, I think the thing is, is like now we're we're going into some uncharted territory with the whole thing simply because <laughs> simply That's because. Right. Thank you. Uh, I mean, Halo is out, right? Halo, I feel did its thing, but I I don't think it was as gangbusters as people were hoping for. Uh, now Last of Us is going to have this thing. You, you have them come out and Sonic the Hedgehog's popping off, right? Sonic the Hedgehog 2 oh, was yeah. fantastic. So he's doing his thing. Mario, the movie is about to come down the pipe. No pun intended. It's <laughs> coming, right? So it, 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 there is a lot of video game properties are about to hit the forefront. And I think more, more than ever, you're going to get some duds. And I think uh, I, I feel what gets me exhausted is Resident Evil. I mean, that had its day already. But everything, give me a Dead Rising movie. I know it's a zombie movie, a video setting, but I want Dead Rising. I like Frank the idea. A Dead Rising movie directed, it would have to be directed by um, either, oh, what's his name? Director I love, Edgar Wright, or yeah. like um, the person who did like um, Bullet Train recently. It would have to be oh, one of those. I if like you're doing Bullet a Dead Train. Rising movie. Bullet, Bullet Train is fire, isn't it? Yeah. Are you a diesel? What do you mean? Are you a diesel? Oh, I see. I said, oh, yeah. I'm not a diesel. I'm not a diesel. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm a Thomas. I'm a Thomas. Now, I like I said earlier in the show, right? The, my dog, my dog Nick ninety six wrote in with a lengthy write in. I t- I touched on the first part of it. I want to touch on the last part of it. Uh, so to, to jump back to his question, uh, mm. he continues writing in and saying, next. I want to ask about the HBO show. We know there are going to be some differences from the games, but my question is, do you think we we could see some story elements from part two hinted at earlier than in the games? Also, do you think we could see the story of Left Behind adapted or even the prequel comic American Dreams? Last, how long do you see the show running? I don't think it's been said how much content the first season will cover, but do you think they anticipate adapting the entire series, parts one, two, and possibly three? Anyway, I'm all excited for the last of us content to come. Have a good day. My dog, Nick96. I think it's a fascinating question, right? Because I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if you tell the whole, whole story of last is part one in a season. I feel like that is multiple seasons worth of content. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's rumors that it would be, in, it includes spring as well. Uh, I mean, 
people were thinking that it ends with winter, you know, when, when Joel takes his old man spill. <laughs> oh, clumsy Joel. Clumsy <laughs> oh, <God>, Joel. <laughs> clumsy Joel. Clumsy Joel. Um, I, I, no, I think if they were to hint anything about uh, part two would be when they go to Jackson uh, with Tommy. I think if if Tommy is out there, who's played by Gabriel Luna, a.k.a. the Terminator, a.k.a. Ghost Rider, um, if, if um, that will be hinted more, you will get a little bit of the stories. I don't think they'll go that deep. I, I, I this is there's a reason why they're remaking The Last of Us Part One. They want to tell that story for the HBO audience so they could play the video game The Last of Us Part One. I don't think they're going to go any further, any deeper than that because already you're asking for a very one in a, in in the media and television, Walking Dead and all the zombie movies. It's already a played out genre. So how what can they do differently? And there's already been so many movies that explore this post-apocalyptic type world that man is the worst enemy, like The Road. Um, and there's other movies that I, I this escape me that explore these same kind of topics, even Children of Men type of stuff, right? So already movies already explored that. So I don't think they 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 should lean into building out this vast universe so quickly. They should just stick with Joel and Ellie because we know that works so well. Like yeah. that is a formula. That they they can't mess up. I, oh. I and I think that's what makes Last of Us so good is is that it's so contained, right? Right. It is. It's, it's contained. It is this character story between you know two characters that uh, that grow with each other, right? Mm -hmm. It is about this relationship between Joel and Ellie, and everything else can kind of I think cloudy it up, especially when you're starting to introduce foreign elements, right, or new elements in terms of oh yeah, let's link this back into Last of Us Part Two. I don't think you need to do that. I think mm -mm. yeah, I think Jackson might be a good opportunity since. Last of Part Two loops back around, and you end up in Jackson. I could see maybe if you want to plant the seeds of like you know, yeah, Joel, come back here, or like you know, some kind of um, right. building out of what Jackson looks like, um, or, and and what could it what it or could even, look like, even just down like the line. setting up characters who aren't like main characters who are like, like Jesse more in the, or something in the background yeah. and stuff like that uh, to feed into whatever they a return. young Jesse yeah yeah, yeah. young Jesse or have him be a quest giver in the show like, hey, <laughs> go go fetch the stick for me uh but yeah I think stuff like that in Jackson and then I would think that yeah once you're getting to the scene in Saints Mary uh is it Saint Mary's Saint Mary's Hospital yeah. uh where Joel it. goes yeah. yeah where Joel goes on the the killing spree and all that stuff happens I think then yeah like make the connective tissue work there i think a little bit more seamlessly than the game right like because i don't know how i don't know how far ahead they were thinking in 2013 making the last of us about how where they're going to go with the narrative of last of part two so it was for sure retconned about like abby's dad is actually the fucking doctor that you killed in last of us one and like mm -hmm. you know at young abby miller is going to remember this shit right i don't think they were thinking that far ahead i think yeah. making that more of a natural transition of yeah, having that doc, having that person played by the same person at the very least as the doctor in the future, I think that would make sense. And yeah. then maybe if you do want to plant the seeds of somebody says the name Abby, or you know, there's some kind of reference of That's there's more people here at the end of that, chance. I think that yeah. could make sense. Yeah, I, there was I just looked up a couple movies. If you want to watch something that kind of has a vibe, it comes at night. It's a great movie um that has this thing where they're secluded in the forest and there's like people are dying everywhere type of stuff and then the other movie i know we could talk about the quiet place that's kind of like mm. the same thing oh it's, yeah they're not as aggressive i mean the quiet place is like last of us on grounded times a thousand because you make a peep you're dead <laughs> but those are the kind of game uh movies that you can explore mainly it comes at night because it really does feel like the character uh that's the main character i want is like a has a joel type 
uh, vibe about them. But no, like, I, I, like it, I would feel, I would groan and be like, if they were like, yeah, there's people out there, wolves in Seattle. I'd be like, oh. Yeah, no, I I yeah. would only I would groan if it was too early. If it was towards like the final episodes or like a post credit scene or some shit like that, I I think yeah. it can make more sense. Like Dude, to start teasing in the next season. And I would have to say this: Gustavo's music's gonna be so good in that show. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be so good in that. Dude, the, oh, I can't I wait, wait to to the theme song. I can't. I, I would do it. My question is: Do they create their own theme? Like, do they? Because like Uncharted, the movie would have been a thousand times better if they just leaned into that score, like and Nathan Drake's score. That's where they fucked up. Yeah, yes. they didn't keep that Uncharted score. If, yeah. If they make a new theme for the Last of Us show, oh, I, I might have. Some, I'm gonna have some beef. I think you keep the main. You you keep the main video game theme as like yeah. probably the opening theme, and you you have it interpolate uh, throughout the series. If you want to give me a different credits, yeah, like have yeah. Gustavo, um, you know, make something new for the credits or mm-hmm. for like other moments sure why not but you better you better have that last <laughs> theme in there or we'll have some words let me tell you neil Druckmann. oh you, i think it has a cordyceps intro too it kind of has oh to, yeah it has to match the, the the game a little bit maybe i don't know we'll 100%. see 100 we'll see we'll see uh let's round out playstation updates by talking about our current hype levels for psvr 2 uh earlier this week it was announced that uh psvr 2 is going to release in early 2023 uh from matt kim at ign psvr 2 playstation 2's or sorry playstation 2 playstation's next gen vr headset will be coming sometime in early 2023 according to multiple playstation social media sites across twitter and instagram the next gen playstation vr headset has locked in a release window sometime in the early months of next year the window was confirmed on playstation's official instagram account as well as numerous playstation regional twitter accounts from france and brazil uh it was also noted uh by nibel on twitter um the resident evil twitter account was tweeting about how resident evil village vr is gonna be playable at tokyo game show uh and that will uh, include playstation vr2 um uh like playstations or playstations uh, stations where you can play play them right so people will have actual hands-on on psvr2 uh, mm-hmm. around that time but uh sancho for you like does psvr2 get you excited early 2023 I mean, dude, I haven't played my VR headset since like the beginning, man. It was like a a gimmick thing to me. Like my parents would come over, like check it out, throw yourself in a shark cage. I think like the problem is like Resident Evil Seven was so tough for me to play. Like I got a lot of motion segment sickness because it's like, you know, like do 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 do, and then a monster will come out of nowhere, and you just mm-hmm. run with your head off, and then you. Eh. But but uh, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm not there yet as that kind of gamer that wants to play VR. I'm just Maybe it's because I'm a parent. I don't like being immersed and not knowing what's happening in my house. But I, I just think that for me, PlayStation VR and VR2 is an, is an experience for just one person. And it's hard to share that experience with other people mm-hmm. besides the people in that room. That like I guess maybe that's because I've been in this content creating game for way too long. But I'm just not hyped for it because I can't share that experience beyond yeah. its initial it's still it's still such yeah. like a um a young platform it's um, so young when you relate man. it to like video games in general where like yeah they're the firewall zero hours of the world which are the most player shooters but like those are few and far between and also i can i understand the argument of why play this when i can just play rainbow six or i can play overwatch or i can play PUBG or anything else um that said right like I, it, it excites me because vr uh, 
in general is a mm. thing that I've had a lot of fun with, specifically with games like Beat Saber and Astrobot and Trover mm. and Blood and Truth, right? Like a lot of the PlayStation library of VR games, I have such a good time with. Um, and I want to see, I want to see that resurgence. I think there's been a bit of a lull when it comes to VR stuff on PlayStation. And I think part of that has just been the ramp uh, toward PlayStation VR too. Um, but I just remember, I just, I had such a good time playing, um, uh, especially, especially Beat Saber and Astrobot. Like those were experiences that had me like, Oh, this is legitimate. Like this is it, blowing my mind right now. It's cool. I love VR. It's fantastic. You ever done one of those VR experiences in those brick and mortar stores? It's fantastic. But to be able to have that at home, it's it just, it just, it, it just feels weird to like for it to come out now. But I yeah. guess it's. I, I think it's like people wanting that experience of getting out of their house. Um, it's also. I think it's also just that PlayStation tends to believe in it both as a uh as like a uh i guess i'll say a medium right like yeah. i think they believe in the technology and also it's a uniquely playstation thing to some extent at least in the console space of course there's plenty of other vr but you know right. microsoft doesn't do it nintendo doesn't do it i think playstation being able to go hey if you want vr on console we got you and that's it, what it's i mean gonna yeah. be for an affordable price right. and it's going to be right. affordable relatively i should say um right and maybe right. not against oculus quest anymore because oculus quest is killing it in terms of price but um actually they went up in price so maybe not uh but like you know as a console vr thing we are approachable and we have the games for you and you have like maybe you already have re7 on your playstation guess what you can play that in psvr too right you have like a lot of that stuff uh, yeah, uh, going yeah. For it there um just so, because yeah, like, you can doesn't mean you should though right it's oh like, I feel, dude you, right right now i'm like people at playstation are probably sweating after raising <laughs> the prices of ps5s around the world Oh, for sure. There are people over there like, ah, oh, damn. Maybe if we didn't do PSVR two, this might be a bit easier. But now we got to commit to it because we're this right. far ahead of, of it. Yeah, um, but for me, it's when you're looking at it in there's a hole in the game, and you wanting to fill that hole because no one there's a like there's a reason why Microsoft is not investing in it. Barrett said so himself. They have mm -hmm. so much resources they could invest in if they want to. But I think it's just more of those things like. Go ahead, PlayStation. Make VR. You could have that market. You know what I mean. Yeah. Take it. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, I, I just don't think it, it, it's like if you're gonna invest in VR and if you want to play VR, you will go Oculus over PlayStation right now. I mean, oh, I mean, sure. that's just the way. That's just the way it is when you, you look at the optics of the situation. Sancho, let's get into PlayStation picks. Of course, this is where we talk about the games coming out this week and the one thing each of us have been playing on our PlayStations. Starting with the drop, uh, this week we got Midnight Fight Express for PS4. That dropped Tuesday, August 23rd. Saints Row for PS5 and PS4. That came out Tuesday, August 23rd. SD Gundam Battle Alliance. Uh, that is out PS on PS5 and PS4 on Thursday, August 25th. Pac-Man World Repack uh, is out for PS5 and PS4 on Friday, August 26th. And then Soul Hackers 2 is out on ps5 and ps4 on friday august 26th sancho what'd you pick to play on playstation this week man i want to play saints row <laughs> i really do because i like games that are strange and that anything could happen because the game's a little bit janky but i mm. like that that's my jam dude it's like my greasy food i'm all for that uh i'm gonna cheat on this one because I think it deserves your attention for those of you that haven't given your attention, but you need to play Rumbleverse, okay? Rumbleverse is really good, and it's picking up steam slowly, but surely you're getting people um, who are getting to understand the minutiae of it. Um, Iron Galaxy has... 
this ironed out problems that it's been having since launch, uh, especially with the servers. And I thinking that with a lot of tutorials coming out on, on social media, uh, the community wants more people to play it. And it, it's just something that I enjoy a lot, a lot, a lot. It's a battle royale but it's more fighting game as you can see the footage is being played if you're an audio listener you should definitely check it out there's a lot of people on twitch right now that are playing it um and i just think it is, is, is the reason why it works so well it's because as I, I remember andrea renee saying on what's good games is that you understand why you lose it's right there in your face why you lost is because you got outplayed and you could get better in it and the carrot to chase the character getting better it's there there's a great playground play um snowbike mike loves it plays it and it's just really, really good. And one of their goals that they talk about blessing is that they wanted you to, even though you lost, to have fun while losing. And it does have that 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 little bit of an itch um, that they're going for. So I, I definitely would su suggest Rumbleverse if you haven't tried it. It's free. It's not only available on PlayStation; it's available on everything except Nintendo Switch. And uh, I, I think it's worth your time. But no, you will get worked. If you don't do a little bit of playground, just get in there. Mm -hmm. You do some research a little bit, play around the, with the combos. If my advice, it's about reading moves because it's a priority system. It's a very sophisticated rock, paper, scissors, yo me type game where you have to read your opponent. One thing beats another. If you can figure out that order, you're going to be a okay. Rumbleverse is one that I uh, I'm almost ashamed that I've not played more of it because it is one thousand percent my kind of game, bro. Yeah, it's your jam, bro. Like I like a good battle royale. I love fighting games, right? Like the art style appeals to me. The like it being wrestling too. I like wrestling, right? I like Where's wrestling video games. Where's the butt? Uh, but, but I just I've been playing multiverses, man. You know, multiverses is dominating. Is good. Wait, yeah. what's your, who's your main? Who's your main? Uh, I go back and forth between LeBron James and LeBron's Finn. great. Okay. Yeah. Which, I want to try on Morty though. Morty looks cool. Superman right here, baby. Oh, you're one of them Superman kids. Oh, one of them Superman kids. I see you on top of that. Yeah. Yeet. I throw you up <laughs> in the sky, dude. I love it, dude. Man. I, at least you're not one of them iron giants out of the, out there. Cause I can't stand the iron giants. It's like, why are you taking up all this screen space? I can't like, stand Bugs you? Bunny. I can't stand, stand Bugs Bunnies, dude. I'm glad they nerfed that bat. That bat was ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah. Multiverses. Yes. You should play that as well. I know. I know you have here. You should play Saints Row. Why is that? Well, no, I'm not. This isn't me saying you should play Saints Row. This is me <laughs> saying I played Saints Row, right? So Saint, <laughs> Saints Row is one of my picks, right? I like, I played it for review. I did not like it. I, I heard. You listen to the kind of funny game stats for the full review, of course. Uh, I rage quit that game. It was so, it was such a bummer, right? Yeah. It was one that I was looking forward to because I've loved uh, Saints Row games in the past, right? Like, I, I liked goofiness and the wackiness of Saints Row. And then also, like, when it comes to an open world city game, you right. know, that's for sure going to be my jam. And Saints Row is one that, like, you know, seeing the behind closed door stuff and then also doing the preview yeah. uh it was a game that i that, that had so much potential in terms i of know that vibe what it was setting up yeah yep. where you get into the world and i'm it's fun seeing people kind of discover it in real time where people yep. are like oh i played the first two hours i played the first three hours it doesn't seem that bad and then a few hours later they're like man what the fuck is up with this game man um it's one of those where it starts off with so much potential so much going for it and i think squanders pretty much all of it uh i got real frustrated into it because i was like dude they're doing nothing for story and characters they're doing not much for evolving the gameplay here yeah uh, it is janky i kept getting more bugs the driving was not growing on me and it just yeah. became a chore to play after a while i've been there before man you, you know you you go and they they feed you and they you see the best <laughs> you see the best of what the game has to offer 
Um, but I think like now that everybody knows what to expect, I think you could like maybe look, maybe if you neuralized yourself and you were told that this is what you're going to get, I think you would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I don't think so, man. A little bit so. more. Because I because listen, I knew what I, I knew what I was getting to some extent. Because okay. again, I had played the game, right? And I, I had, from that preview, I had tempered my expectations, right? Like I was like, okay, cool. This seems like I have some good stuff about it. It seems like I have some real jank stuff about it. But hopefully, in the end, the good stuff outweighs the jank stuff. And the more you play it, the more it's just like, uh, like I was I was going into this with caveats and all, right? Hey. I'm gonna enjoy it for what it is. That's that's what I was. That's that was the vibe when I was going into the game. Right. Uh, and so for the fact that I couldn't enjoy it for what it was, I think for me speaks volumes, right? Where I just mm. I just couldn't get with it. I could I like I was down to like set aside the 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 bullshitty parts of the game, but like that's just that that stuff just kept creeping through more and more. But dude, it's one of my favorite reviews y'all guys did because you'd be like, yeah, you know this this and that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it always comes the butt. Yeah, it always it always it comes would, the butt. It would always come in. So yeah, to, to review, you know, I, I if I had to pick from on the list, I like the idea that Gundam's coming back. You know, Gundam first person shooter was a thing, and now you have another like open like a type of open world Gundam from what I've seen from the footage. So. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, try Rumble vs. Multiverses. I mean, if yeah. you're, it's good to have a fighting game. Uh, video games needs fighting games. It just does. And to see Preach. Street Fighter coming out with an open world type vibe as well, that gets me excited. But th- you, you need to have every kind of video game needs a fighting game. And to have multiverses take place of that platforming void that Smash left to have a Rumbleverse step in to be the first time in a long time of Battle Royale. I know there's Nakara and things like that, but this is more of a brawler. To have that fill that void. So, it, I mean, uh, in a world that Rumbleverse could be at Evo, that sounds amazing to me to have that. The idea that maybe Marvel versus Capcom one day will come back when that comes back. We're talking about some arcade, good times. Baby. That arcade this is one outside. We're oh, I I yeah. want to buy that arcade one-up machine. It's a very it's slated to be the most expensive one because. Marvel's Capcom 2 is one of the like the holy grails of video games, dude. You look at it, the Dreamcast expensive. The PlayStation 2 is one of the most expensive games out there sealed. Um, I have the X-Men versus uh, Street Fighter uh, one out there. Um, but yes, video games needs fighting games, so support those. Please, please, please. Hell yeah. One that I didn't uh, put, uh, put down here, but I did play a little bit of uh, earlier this week. Of course, you'll know that I'm reviewing Last of Us Part 1. Um, and if you remember playing Last of Us back in the day, like... When I played Last of Us, part of that experience for me was like hopping out after every chapter and playing some Last of Us factions multiplayer. Uh, and while playing the review, I was like, I can go for some Is factions it? multiplayer. Yeah. So I, I booted up factions multiplayer and I played quite a few matches of faction multiplayer this week. And that game still has it, man. Like, I'm telling you, it dude. is such a good multiplayer mode that, like, oh. it is underrated that is fucking like naughty dog has his stuff when it comes to multiplayer dude. and like yeah dude that that mode goes hard it goes uh, it goes we hard. gotta get back in soon you you got you got you uh, you guys you gotta you know folks out there you gotta understand that this this mode is is underutilized it's a cult classic it's underrated i've made so much videos on it if you want to get into it look at my tutorials you'll understand the very basis of it there's a lot of other tutorials about it it, it it is the problem is right now if i'm gonna be up front with you is the lobbies are still great you'll get games yeah. really i was surprised you, to find some games yeah you'll find a lot of games because what it does is it keeps you in the same lobby for like a good like five games in a row but it mixes up everybody and balances out <laughs> you're gonna run into two people that are really really good oh yeah i ran so, some killers it is what it is just avoid the party list play by yourself and then no party to get in there and enjoy that 
Um, if you uh, interrogations is good to understand like the mechanics to get used to shooting things because it's a respawn mode. Um, survivors, the people play weird in the camp out a lot, but supply, supply rate is the, is where it's at. And, and my, I know Blessing likes survivors a lot, mm-hmm. um, but you you want to get into the supply raid um, and, and just try it out because it's 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 one of those great experiences. And I think what gets people a lot of jaded blessing, I'm glad we're ending the, this podcast on this button about the, the factions, is that a lot of people didn't like the trophy system to go, like, if you if you didn't want to play the game, but you needed it for the trophies, you're not going to enjoy the multiplayer. But now mm-hmm. that you, maybe, from what I understand, because the Blast of Part 1 does not have factions, just go back, play it, enjoy it, understand why we're crazy about it, and every time I'm on the show, I will talk about it because it's one of the best experiences ever. And oh, I think yeah. that uh, you 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 deserve a chance. You deserve a chance to experience what it's like to be the last player standing because that experience and then Gustavo's music kicks in and it's the drums are kicking in and you're the last one and there's four other people alive and you're trying to survive. There's nothing like that. And Battle Royales try to capture this experience and Naughty Dog captured it in a multiplayer. 1000%. Uh, Sancho, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of PS Love You XOXO. For people who want to hear more from you, where can they check out your content? Uh, you can find me at everything on Sancho West, um, which is which is exciting to, to as well because I like a lot of Last of Us. If you want to see those content I have on YouTube and considering Twitch just announced that not, uh, the they stopped the exclusivity for partners so we can stream wherever we like. Um, I, I do plan to stream factions on my YouTube channel. So hit me up on Sancho West. Uh, Dude, Sancho we got to play together. Dude, we got to play together. It's going to be amazing. And, and as well, I don't know if you noticed, but this is the Last of Us uh, kind of the Shiv and Hammer shirt. Oh, I thought it was a golf club. I thought it was a golf club. No, no, no. The Hammer and <laughs> the, awesome. the Shiv. Uh, we're rocking that. I'm still waiting for my, what was it? The bomber jacket from the Wolf. I never got it. Never got yeah. it, Sony. So this is those damn wolves, man. You can't, you can't trust them. You can't no, trust you can't. them. Ellie was right all along. Remember, <laughs> this has been PS I Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about the hottest topics in PlayStation. We've got a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>